You're listening to the Tuna Town Talks Fishing Podcast with Captain Paul Miller. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening. I'm a full-time charter captain based out of Ennis, Louisiana, and over the years I've seen some of the most incredible things, and some of my friends have told me some of the most unbelievable stories. So much to where I decided I would like to start a podcast. In this episode, I interviewed quite a few of our captains and deckhands from the pod, uh, from Venice. Um, there's about five or six of them. And then I had Kevin join us at the end just because he's around and we love talking to him so much. But I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I kind of asked everybody how they cut their teeth and then asked some stories. We talked about conversa- conservation. It was like more uh, sped up than what most of the episodes are. Uh, just because these guys haven't been on the planet for as long as some of the other people that I've had on the podcast in the past. So we kept their sections short and sweet, and uh, we hope you guys enjoy it. But uh, thanks. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys. Here I am with uh, Captain Steve Jacoby, huh? What's yeah. up, buddy? How you doing, Paul? So uh, Steve has been a, like, huge fan of the podcast since it started and i really appreciate that man because like you're one of the main ones that like kind of kept it going like whenever i would put out an episode and like i'd see people actually really like it it was like damn that's pretty cool you know and like you're kind of one of the ones that kept it going so i just want to like thank you for that it's pretty cool yeah man i want to thank you for doing them yeah for sure man um so where did um where did you first start fishing or actually where are you from anyways i grew up in kingwood texas that's uh, 30 miles north of Houston, and uh, man, I've just been ate up with fishing ever since. Right, right. When, and how'd you start to uh, like? Uh, how'd you start to cut your teeth in fishing? I guess did you grow up like bass fishing, like meds, or like what was it? I grew up bass fishing down by a creek by my house, like every day. Really? <laughs> every day, and uh, then it progressed to snapper fishing, and then a little bit of tuna fishing, and then I went to LSU. And uh, met all my fishing buddies, and they kind of got me started down yeah, here. Yeah, and LSU's, like, close to, like, Venice, right? So yeah. So it's, like, <laughs> close, close enough. To Mecca, right? Yeah, close <laughs> enough. Cool. So you started fishing with friends, and then? I met uh, Joey Macy. Joey Macy was the guy that kind of got me started down oh, here. Oh, okay. He got you, yeah. Down the Bayou Charters and uh, Grand Isle. Dude, he slams the bottom fish, huh? He kills it, bro. <laughs> he kills it. So you started fishing with him. I started fishing with him. That was back in 2016, and then... uh buddies with Lane Fontenot that was Gray Long's mate at the time yeah and he started to go run a boat and Joey kind of said hey Steven can do it so Gray called me up and uh been working with Gray ever since oh yeah cool so you work with Go Long Charters right yeah I work for Gray Long Go Long Charters cool and you've been like with him since what year since September 28th 2017 2017 yeah cool cool Mm -hmm. and you started running a boat this year right yeah, I started running in October of last year. Cool. Cool, yeah. man. So, uh, like, what was, uh, so y- you were a deckhand for how long before you decided that you wanted to be a captain? Oh, man. I knew I wanted to be a captain. Like, when all of a sudden. When I started, right? yeah. It was, uh, it was when I was watching Into the Blue back in, like, really? 2013. Because they were doing their Venice, you know, special. And I was like, <laughs> that's, that's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Everybody finds it a a, a different way for sure. Um, what was like uh, some of like the bigger catches, or like what was one of the things that like really gets you like wanting to go out there? Was it like 
tunas or blue marlin or swordfish or is it just like the adventure itself? <clears throat> it's definitely tuna fishing for me. Tuna fishing? Yeah, really? tuna fishing. Hand feeding tuna fish. <laughs> Where yeah. you can see them, like the yeah. visual aspect. Shrimp out fishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely my favorite. Yeah. For sure. That's cool, man. Real cool. Um, What was, uh, what was like, whenever you go to uh, shrimp boat fishing, what was like the biggest, the biggest difference for you whenever you, because like, to me, shrimp boat fishing is like a ton of work. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard. And it's really competitive because a lot of times there's, there's not many boats there. You know, right. so what, <laughs> there's like a few boats and then like, a, you know, a ton of, of uh, fishing boats and then like three shrimp boats. So like, was there like some particular days that like really stood out to you whenever you started doing that? Yeah, there was definitely one day in particular that that stood out, and uh, <laughs> I'm sitting next to uh, my buddy Joseph Morgan right here, and uh, <laughs> he was out there, and it was actually September 28th, 2020, and we were out there fishing, and I was getting coal in the back of a shrimp boat, and Gray had hooked up on a, a yellowfin, so he had pulled off, right, and he was w- way ways off, and he had told. Joseph, he was like, hey, can you go pick up Steven on that shrimp boat? Because he's kind of stuck on it. Joseph like, yeah, I'll go do it, whatever. <laughs> and so he comes and comes about to pick me up, and he's like, should I fish here? I'm like, dude, yes, fish right here, right now, because it was good. And uh, I see him throw his mullet in the water, and his mullet. He didn't get you? <laughs> well, I told him, I was like, just fish here right now. He's like, do I fish? Because I was watching. There's fish everywhere. I think I was boating help. <laughs> There's fish everywhere. And uh, he throws his mullet in the water. As soon as his mullet hit the water, like a 100-pound yellowfin, Come knocks out the water, misses it, and he comes hits it again. I'm like, oh, you got him! <laughs> and uh, he shows me his hook, and he just he had thrown the mullet off of his hook when he had thrown it in the water. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And uh, we ended up catching six big ones that day. We had to we had to say no more. We just watched them swim around the boat. Really, that day. really, yeah. man! I can I can remember a couple of days when I first started deckhanding, and there's you know. You always see tons of just bullshit, and then sometimes it's just all tunas, <laughs> and it's cool when that happens. Oh, it's the real deal, man. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Um, what's uh like? What about here recently? You fished today? Yeah, did fish today. Yeah. How was it, man? You ran the boat, huh? Yeah, that's was pretty good. We went uh, four for six on yellows. Caught a sailfish. And caught a sailfish. Yeah. That's kind of like not really. Have you caught many of those down here? No, I've caught a few. I think that really? was like the fourth or fifth one. Really? Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think I've only ever caught two down here. Yeah, we doubled up on a tuna and a sailfish. That was pretty cool. Wow. How big was the sail? Uh, it was like, I don't know, probably 50, 60 pounds. 50, 60 pounds. Yeah. Cool. Wow. That's cool. Y'all let it go? Yeah. 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 I guess people don't smoke those things, huh? <laughs> kind of frowned upon down here, you know. What do you think about that, man? You think like, they gotta be like, big. Like, 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 where do you draw the line? Is it white marlin or is it sailfish? Like, where do you draw the line as a captain? Oh, I mean, it depends how. <laughs> depends how. Do dumb. you kill whitey or do you not <laughs> kill whitey? Whitey's getting greasy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you got to gauge your customers, you know. You got to see what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I always find that different for everybody, especially when it comes to billfish, like. Like, some people release the small swords, right? Some people don't. Some people, if they're <laughs> legal, they kill them, right. you know? And some people don't. So, everybody draws a line in a different spot. But I will tell you, I mean, I hate to be the one to say that white marlin tastes good, but white marlin tastes really I've actually never had it. I You've never had white marlin? Never had white marlin. Dude, it's good. I want to try it. No. 
Uh, yeah, I would agree with that 100%. percent pretty good. Yeah. Well, yeah. To kill it's one, probably man. some of the best sushimi. But I hate I hate it for you all, your billfish guys out there. But uh, it's true. They good. <laughs> I've never ate blue marlin for some reason. As many as they kill in all those tournaments, I should I should go ask them for a steak. <laughs> what about what about other styles of fishing like with the reefs and like groupers and stuff? Do what, what what's like one of your favorite with those like uh you like to do that kind of stuff? Man, I don't see? do too too much grouper fishing to be honest with you. Bottom fishing is not really not your thing. You just <laughs> stick to the pelagics, huh? Yeah, I'm big. I love tuna fishing, tuna, tuna fishing. swords, wahoo. Yeah, yeah, but that's why people come down here too. Yeah, it's no doubt. That's what they're coming for. <laughs> no, but don't get me wrong. I like I like the bottom fish, but you know it's a lot of snappers. Right, right. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, so uh, how much how much longer do you think you want to work down here? You think this is gonna be like a like a lifetime endeavor? Do you feel like this is like a a path that you want to take for the rest of your life, or yeah, where do you see it going? Definitely as long as I can do it. <laughs> as long as I can. I'm, I'm happy where I'm at right now. Well, yeah. Got that's where you take it a day at a time, right? Season at a time. <laughs> yeah. As long as, I, as long as my body can let me do it. Yeah. I'll do that's it. That's cool, man. Everybody has, like, a different uh, idea what their path's going to be. Some people stay in the in the cockpit. Some people progress, become a captain, want to stay a captain. Some people only see this as, like, something we're going to do for a few years, you know, so. What about uh, like starting a family and stuff? You want to do that kind of thing? Yeah, no doubt, for sure. Definitely want to start a family. How old are you, anyways? I never did ask you that. I'm 26. I'm 26. Okay. Yeah, 26. Cool, cool. Yeah, definitely want to start a family, but you, you know, with. So, like, are you gonna like live in Venice? Or are you planning? Because like a lot of the listeners don't actually know. Like, a lot of us don't actually Nobody live in Venice. Nobody lives in Venice. Nobody lives in Venice. <laughs> <laughs> you go crazy if you live in Venice. Right, and like that's like one of the biggest challenges for like myself, like. Like, I just got married back in December, and, like, I do want to raise a family and stuff, but, like, how can you raise a family if you're spending 200 days a year in Venice, you know what I mean? And I guess I always tell myself, well, people in the wool field do it, you know what I mean? And, like, this, everybody kind of, you know, there's lots of jobs that keep you away from home, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, Venice is, is hell on relationships, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's not easy to maintain a relationship. If it, if it ever ends it for me, I feel like that's what it would have to be. I don't think it'll end it, but, like, I might not do it here, like, year round you know what i mean like, so i might find something to yeah no doubt i mean something like that because i can dude if you're raising a family like i could just see that be super hard you know absolutely yeah you gotta you gotta balance everything it is a balance it's about so um what do you say like like i've always seen in like captains like some captains you know they focus mainly on like keeping the the keeping the clients like mostly like entertained or like they pride themselves on keeping their boat like the best in the fleet or like you know what do you think you as a captain you think you're like trying to be more well-rounded than that i think everybody strives for that but the like are you pretty good with like mechanics and stuff like that i mean that's a good pretty hard that's a good yeah that's a good question um definitely not good at at the mechanic side of things for sure (laughs) i mean Um, it it can be anything too because like i know some captains that are really good djs believe it or not oh like they get they get their people like hype all the way out and they like they have like a playlist throughout the day so when they're fighting fish you know it's like bob marley or something and then when you're going (laughs) in you know it's fucking (laughs) whatever (laughs) but i'm just saying like i feel like every captain takes pride in a different area you know Uh, what i you know what i mean happy boat how about that happy boat happy boat yeah just have a good attitude you know when fishing's tough like it is a lot of times 
you just have a positive attitude, and that goes such a long way. Yeah, um, yeah. you're you know. there to have fun at the end of the day, right? Yeah, you say, we're going to get them, dude. It's just fishing, you know, just <laughs> keep fishing. And the people are like, all right. Yeah, yeah. What about your uh, your take on conservation, man? Like, are you like are you like a big meat hunter, or like if a blue marlin eats your bait, are you gonna be cool with that? You know, spending four four hours fighting that blue marlin, are you gonna be that guy to be like, you know what? It's not that marlin's day to be caught. We want to go tuna fishing. Nah, man. I mean, like the biggest thing is you gotta gauge your customers. If they're if they want to see you know fight a blue marlin, then absolutely fight that blue marlin. But if they want to hunt meat. I mean, I mean, I see what you're saying about gauging your customers, but I think at the end of the day, a lot of times people are going to think what's cool is whatever you think is cool. So if you uh, don't really want to catch that marlin personally because well, you want to bring tunas back to the dock, then, like, that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm I, so I'm asking, <clears> like, personally. Like, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you try to make your customers happy, but I think at the end of the day, your customers want you to be happy with them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely spend that time fighting that marlin. I got no problem with that. Right. right. Um, but I don't know. For me, it's like the mar- the blue marlin's the apex predator. Yeah. Like, that's what I want to catch. You know what I mean? I could give a, a shit less about how many tuners they're going to eat, you know, put in the freezer. Right. I mean, when people <laughs> see that's it. just like, that's genuinely how I feel. But, like, there's the other side of me that's like, these people are paying a lot of money. They came pay all this money to go tuna fishing. You know what I mean? So it's, <laughs> two it's, there's two ways to look at two it. Two sides of everything. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. For sure. For sure. Um. Well, um, what what's like uh, your take on conservation, man? Like, uh, well, I just asked that, didn't I? I was going to get to that. Um, <laughs> this yellowfin vodka, man. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing is only take what you need, I would say. Because most people, when they come down here to Venice, they don't realize, you know, how much fish they're getting when they go tuna fishing. Yeah. And it can become very wasteful. Um. You definitely don't need three yellowfin a person. That's just that's that's a lot. Right. I think <laughs> two is two of those fifty pound fish per person is is plenty of meat. Right. Right. And it's you know it's hard to explain that to uh, clients whenever they get on your boat. You know that like they ask what the limit is and it's tricky because it's like the limit's three a person. But if you keep three a person, you I might mean, get ringed out at the dock. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> most of them are cool with that, though. They'll be like, yeah. Because especially yeah, it's like after they fought one, they're like, well, they're tired. Especially like, like a lot of people are hunters and stuff. So they like, yeah, they, they get the side, like the conservation side of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Cool. But uh, yeah, only take what you need. And yeah. um, there's a lot of fish out there. but That's a hard thing, too. It's like, you know, you take what you need. But, like, say you have two people and you catch four tunas in, you know, an hour or so. Yeah. And then you got to go find something else to do. And you might be 150 miles from, you know, something else is good to do. And I feel like a lot of the clients that come down here might not understand that, too. I mean, some do. Some definitely understand it. They get it. But, like, some don't understand that, like, there's not a spot that you can pull up to where you catch, you know, swordfish, snapper, tuna, and marlin. You know, I mean, like they, they don't all they don't all live in the same spot. <laughs> right, right, right. You got to run long ways. Right. right. Yeah. Hundred percent. So, like, say you, you're, uh, like, your clients are in their truck and they're headed down to Venice. Um, what are some things that you might tell them that they need to know? Like, you know, there's nothing down here. You know, I always tell my clients that, like, uh, there's nothing down here in Venice. You know, make sure you got your fishing licenses, but, like, stop at the grocery store before you get down here. Yeah, all there is down here is Dollar <laughs> Generals and a couple gas stations, so. Bring your Ziploc bags. <laughs> yeah, Ziploc bags, bring your food, bring your drinks. Bring us food. <laughs> <laughs> bring 
that's a, that's another thing. Like, how does how does the uh, clients make you happy? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if if you're telling them, like, like if they make you a sandwich or like nah. a fat tip, like what I is mean, it? Cause like nah, me, because like me, I don't bring my food on the boat. So if they make me a sandwich, it's kind of like we might stay out an extra hour. You know? What I mean? uh, no, nah, it's just seeing this. <laughs> it's just seeing the smile on their face when when you, that fish gets in the boat for sure. Really? I mean, yeah. If they give me a sandwich, that's, that's good and all, but I just want to make them happy. Yeah, that's kind of the way that it's done in Venice, guys. Like universally, whenever you come to Venice, like you better go grocery shopping before you get down here. And if you're bringing people, plan to cook. And I usually tell people to plan to cook the fish that you're going to catch because it's never going to be as good as when you first catch it. So plan to cook your fish and then bring me a sandwich if you're feeling generous because you're probably making me one for yourself. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I tell all the people down here of all the restaurants how they cook all your catches down here. And I tell them about all the all the different places you can eat down here and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There is. What is it like? You got like changes. Tell them black velvet if they're black feeling velvet, fancy. Yeah, yeah. And I always tell people like whenever they get in, they can like bring their fish up to the marina and have them cook it. Like, yeah. That's, or we do that all the time. Like me yeah. and you and Cameron and all these guys down here. No doubt. do it a lot. So. Mm-hmm. That's like, to me, it's like one of the coolest things to be able to like eat your fish that day, you know. Harvest your own catch. No people think people really realize the difference in, in, unless they experience it, you know. Absolutely. Well, cool, man. Let's uh, let's get one of the other guys in here. But uh, I appreciate it, dude, and I, I thank you so much again for being like a huge supporter of the podcast. And uh, thank man. you, thank you, Paul. Thank you for doing it, man. Yeah, appreciate you, man. it, bud. Yeah. Sure. Who's next? Come on, JoJo. Moving right around, we got we got Captain Joseph Morgan down here now, huh? You Capitan now, huh? Did get my captain's license? You did? Yeah. You got it. You, got, you and Cameron went to school together, huh? Yeah, we went during uh, duck season, off season. So like uh, back in January? Yeah. That's cool. Did you guys terrorize that place or what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Was it? Was it? Y'all had fun? Yeah, they called us the Venice Degenerates. <laughs> a couple of deckhands coming down from Mexican Gulf to get get their captain's license. Oh, my God. Who was y'all's, who was y'all's instructor? What was her name? Uh, Jessica Mann. Jessica Mann? Yeah. It was a girl? Mm-hmm. Really? Interesting. I had uh, some guy named Patrick when I went there. Y'all went to Bayou Battery, right? Yeah. Yeah, I went to the same place. That's cool. Um, maybe so. Maybe so. He's an older captain. Yeah. But um, so uh, how'd you uh? I mean, dude, you've lived down here your whole life, pretty much. I mean, yeah. I'm the, I've seen you since I started down here. How old are you now? Twenty-two. Twenty-two, and your dad is David Morgan, right? Yeah. So you, your family has had a camp down here in Venice for how long? Shit, since. 1980s, 1990s. 1990s, really? Yeah. That's wild. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, speak up. I want to hear it. Yeah. So it's so from the 1990s. Your parent, like, yeah. Well, my grandfather bought a houseboat uh, in Port Eads with like him and another guy, and uh, they had it for a while. They fished out of there. My dad grew up fishing down there. And uh, then it ended up sinking, 
and my grandfather didn't want it anymore. He's like, if you get it up, you can have it. My dad raised it. Right. And uh, he's had it in Venice Marina since then. Since when? When did it sink? 1998. Oh, wow. So your dad's had it for a yeah. long time. It survived Venice and every, I mean uh, Katrina and all Yeah. That. So uh, it made it through Katrina. It ended up breaking, pulled all the pylons up with it, eight pylons, and uh, floated all the way behind Cypress Cove. And we had to get a tug and drag it across the land and get it out. Damn. Yeah. It was pretty bad. So you've, so you've like, pretty much, like, your family has a, a house up Baton Rouge somewhere as well? Yeah. So I'm from Baton Rouge. You're I went from to, Pat Baton Rouge. That's where you went to school and everything. Yeah, I went to middle school, high school, a uh, little bit of college. Right. And then, but then, like, every weekend was. Yeah, I was down here. I leave school Friday afternoon. I was packed up, ready to go. And you were down, down here. here like all the time too, because I remember. I mean, like whenever I started down here, I want to say you were like, I mean, you might have been like sixteen or so. I mean, I came down here in twenty fifteen. So yeah. yeah, I remember seeing you around <laughs> working <laughs> for Brand. Yeah, I was working for Brand and and uh, Chad PK at one point. I remember seeing you back then. But um, and then like when when did you like whenever you graduated high school? Did you just like decide to? So I got my license July. 25th I mean 22nd um Driver's 2015 yeah Driver's I turned 16 license. yeah and uh drove down here the next day and got on the boat with Eddie Berger <laughs> so and that's I, all you needed was a driver's license yeah to get here. <laughs> I got a truck after that and I was going <laughs> yeah and so then it was like every weekend until every weekend any day that I could high school right yeah yeah and then what year did you start working with Matt um, I guess that was end of 2019. Gotcha. Yeah, I started with Eddie Griffith, bit Billy's uh last deckhand. Right, 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 right. That's right. Yeah. Before gotcha. that, I worked for Kyle Gray, uh, with Wilson on Wilson's boat. Yeah. And uh, so Eddie hired me, and then he ended up he had another kid, so he moved back home, and uh. Billy called me one day. I was leaving school. He's like, hey, Matt's taking over, and you're going to be fishing with him now. Right. And he sent me his number, and that was it. Right. And so for everybody listening, Joseph works on the Wild Bill full time, but the way that the Wild Bill works is Billy Billy Wells, um, who owns Mexican Gulf, also owns the Wild Bill, and uh, he only works uh, Monday through Thursday, right? Uh, Tuesday through Thursday. Tuesday through <coughs> Thursday now. And uh, – and then uh, Matt's the second captain, and you're the first mate, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> For, it depends. <laughs> yeah. First mate or second mate, <laughs> depending on how it goes. So, but you just got your captain's license. So, like, what's your what's your plans now? Like, are you uh, – I mean, hopefully work up to running a boat. Right, but you want to do offshore? You want to do inshore? Oh, I want to do offshore. My offshore. heart's offshore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You've always told me that. I'm always trying to ring, uh, ring you into the inshore, but <laughs> I don't know. I like seeing a tuna coming up, eating your bait, or blue is that, marlin. Is that what you like to do? Is that pelagics? Was it? it? I love the tuna fish. Tuna fish. Yeah, I like hooking four or five fish at a time, having them roll next to the boat, keeping the fish with you. Yeah. And just staying on them. It is competitive too. It's very competitive. Yeah, because everybody's coming down. The main desire down here is everybody wants tuna. You got all these, what, 30 boats leaving out every day that are going for tuna. 
and some are going to catch them and some aren't. <laughs> yeah. Some days you're the bug, some days you're the windshield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't catch them every day. And the idea is to be consistent, right? You yeah. Consistently catch yellowfin. Like, that's, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's what pays the your bills. ideal captain. Right, right. Somebody that's always going to catch you fish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, you guys on the wild bill, y'all mess shit up, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Wild Bill brings him in. That's no doubt. Me and Matt are pretty. We, I would say we work pretty well together. Do you feel like yeah, the dynamic with? Well, I guess you don't fish that much with Billy, so the dynamic with you and uh, Matt is is a little bit better than you and Billy. Yeah, I just don't. I've only fished with Billy probably a handful of times, probably ten, twelve times. Yeah. And I mean, we fish well together. We've done well together. Yeah. But it's definitely different. Like, I know if Matt looks left, I know what he's looking for. Right, right. I know when he's going to ask me for something. I'm, he's telling me something. I'm already doing it. Yeah, yeah. Has, have you guys, like, I mean, like, have you experienced that with somebody else? Like, where you guys were on that same of the page? Or you think, like, you and Matt, what you and Matt's got, like, it's working and it's the best it's it's been? For- no, I've never worked with somebody this long. Right. Consistently. That's what it takes, right? Just yeah. Time out on Like, the I've always jumped around, and I've fished with a lot of people, but it was always for a short amount of time. Right, right. Um, But me and Matt, I mean, we just, we figured out how we work together, and we work well together. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I definitely, I, I've, you know, I, I guess I've, I worked with one captain for Jake Boudreaux for almost four and a half years. And it does, like, the longer you do it together, either it, like, gets better and better or sometimes it starts to to nosedive. <laughs> yeah. But it is cool when, like, you guys get on, like, such the same page. Like you said, like, if you like if you have a, a thought or something that's going to happen, like, you already know, you know, what the other person is doing in it. And the cool thing about the Wild Bill is it's so booked that you're able to do that. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, that boat runs twenty four seven. And in and in an ideal condition, like it's it's o- it's almost like the boats that don't get to fish every day are at a little bit of a disadvantage because the boats that fish every day stay on top of the fish. You know what I mean? It's true. It <laughs> is. I mean it becomes the more you fish the better you get. Becomes a routine. Yeah. Like you you go catch bait and you know like when you pull up to the rig kinda what the current's doing, where the fish have been. Yeah. I mean you you kinda have that head start information yeah. versus for somebody coming out Friday afternoon for the weekend. Yeah. What do you, I mean, like you, you've grown up down here in Venice and like, I, you know, I've, I've, like I said, I've been here since 2015. Do you think that, like you hear all these old, older guys, like I had Ronnie was my last pot, one of my last podcasts. And he said, the fishing is not a 10th of what it used to be. And, you know, like you hear that, like, you hear that, and I'm like, well, is he remembering, like, the best days, or, like, you know, is it is it really true, like, but in your lifetime, which, how old are you again? 22. 22. Have you, do you think the fishing's a lot worse from whenever you were, you know, a lot younger? I don't really see it as that worse. I mean, you look at inshore guys, they still unload a box of redfish, a box of trout every day. Right. <laughs> look at all the guys offshore coming in is a full board of tunas or a yeah. swordfish or two or bottom banging 
and you look at pictures from back then, it's full board fish yeah. back then. I mean, it's the same, <laughs> same picture. It's the same. A lot <laughs> same of board, a lot same of picture. It's our the cool, same three Our coolers rack. might even be a little bigger now. <laughs> yeah. People might over-prepare, under-prepare. Yeah. But I saw somebody always, I think Joey said it one time, is like, it must have been really great back in your Glacier Bay. <laughs> 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 the boats we get now, man, we're so spoiled, you know what I mean? It must have been really great yeah. going 26 miles an hour, and now we're going, like, triple that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it is it is uh it is wild to hear people say that down here whenever you like people like us, we do think the the fishery is so, you know, is amazing. What about the off years we had? What about twenty eighteen? What about twenty nineteen? Yeah, but there yeah. is now. <laughs> I think it could have been bait. Bad current. There's other things at play. Yeah. 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 I think I, I definitely believe in the cycles. I mean, like, we've seen, like, you caught some nice, like, cobia this year, huh? Yeah. I They've mean, been everywhere this year. Yeah, I mean, the cobia have been around, man. And, like, I mean, like, but, like, but at the same time, like, they're doing less of those cobia tournaments on the panhandle. You know what I mean? They've cut a lot of those out. And, like, hey, if it's helping, it's helping. You know what I mean? But, like. But maybe it's a cycle. Maybe, you know, like since we're having warmer water temperatures, because I think those types of species, mahi, uh, cobia, triple tail, they live a little bit better in warmer warmer temperatures, you know. Yeah, like we have so much grass this year. Yeah. There's bait everywhere. There's a lot of fish. Like there's fish everywhere yeah. this year. Dude, you caught a giant mahi lately, like recently, huh? Yeah, sixty-two point eight. Yeah, that that po- that picture went up, dude. Tell me about that one. Like, what happened? Would y'all catch it on? Where I was fishing you? with Chad Reinhardt, and okay. uh, we were pulling. We were fishing nine eighty-nine, and we had just got done tuna fishing, and the line was pushing hard out, and uh, so we went and got on the line. We we're pulling baits. And we looked back through the spread, and we had always saw was. Were y'all pulling like marlin lures and stuff? Yeah, little squid skirts, skirts and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, all we saw was chickens, and we caught three. And uh, looked behind, and we saw just it sideways in the baits, coming through. And we turned around, passed back by, and we saw it again. And I ran up to the bow with a herring, really, and pitched him a bait, landed right on top of it. He, Hell he yeah, chased dude. it down. He turned on it and ate it. Hell yeah! And uh, yeah, we hooked him. He jumped, went ape shit next to the boat, and uh, ended up going through the line. And the line was really thick that day. It was like 15 yards of grass. Oh, really? So he went through the the weed line. Yeah, into the dirty water. It was like muddy, muddy water to blue water. Dang, it was a nice one. Oh yeah, it must have been really good with this like super moon we had. I mean, there's a giant swinging tide. I've been oh yeah, all kind of lines lately. There's current lines everywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. How long did you guys fight it for? I mean, dude, I've caught one. I've never caught one that big. I think the biggest one I ever caught was like 52, and we fought that thing for like 30 minutes, I felt like. Oh, yeah, it was a 30, 40-minute fight. Was it really? Yeah. Dude, that's those things are so broad, and they freaking. 
It was dogging them. I bet. Dude. Yeah, and well, I mean, he luckily we had it on sixty. No, I gut hooked it. Oh, you gut hooked yeah. it. Yeah. Dang, you could have chafed that too. They got a little bit. Oh yeah, we got lucky. Thing. Yeah. Um, and we actually caught another good one that that day. How big? We didn't even weigh that one, but no it was way. like thirty pounds. It uh, looked so small. Next oh to no, it. I was about to say I was like even a forty pounder. I mean, those things are, dude. They're so big. I mean, I saw Joey the other day. He had some big ones. Dude, I remember, like, I took it for granted. My first year fishing down here, like I said, was in 2015, and you could not beat the mahi off the boat. I'm telling you, like, oh, yeah. you remember that year? Oh, you remember yeah. 2015? You couldn't catch anything else. At every, They were at every rig, every line. You see, like, yeah, one dolphins little. would just eat your baits. <laughs> yeah. I remember that, and I was like, you know, I just kind of thought that was like that all the time. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't remember thinking like that because I definitely been fishing a lot, and everybody was saying how good of a year for mahis it was. But I remember a couple years after that, like, you couldn't you couldn't catch them. Like, we see like no mahi. It's yeah, weird how they, they were like cycles. they were gone. They're just none. When there's none, there's like none. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, you kept saying it's a crop. Like, I remember I had Walter Heathcock on the podcast, and he said that, like, you know, shrimpers and fishermen were farmers, you know. Like, these fish don't live as long as people do. You know, they live, like, uh, especially, like, like triple tail live, like, five, six years. You know, mahi only live, from what I understand, five, six years. So, they they definitely go in, in cycles and kind of farming them in a way, grow like the grass. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I would agree with that. <laughs> Dude, so like like you've been down here a long time and you kinda know like the Venice mentality of like like kill everything and like I mean that's why people come down here, you know, and kill the freezer. Yeah, people definitely want to catch fish. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's hundred percent. People come down there because they want to catch fish. All right guys, we're down here in the stratosphere and Papa Kev just walked in. <laughs> <laughs> Say what up, Kev. How you doing, kids? <laughs> We're just doing a podcast, bro. Oh. <laughs> Help me? No, you can so join in at the end. Nope, nope, too late. I can plug you one in. You want to plug one in and co-host with me? I'm, like, interviewing all of them. You don't you want, want to? Come on. You, you don't want to do it? You sure? <laughs> <laughs> you probably got better questions than me. <laughs> More entertaining questions. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> Mm. But like, uh, how, what, what kind of steps do you think that like? Because I think like, it, like he said, we're farmers. Like we definitely can afford to take some fish home. But what what can we do as guides to kind of like help facilitate that? We don't need to come down here to fill every freezer that there is. I definitely <laughs> emphasize like to people like how much you get off of a fish. Right. Like, especially once people come once, they know how much you get off of one tuna. Yeah. They see it. And the people that come for their first time, like, that don't realize it, you can always tell because you're cleaning a fish. You take four loins off. Yeah. And they're like, that's one fish? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got ten more to do. Right, right. It is, it is crazy, too, is, like, people, whenever they get their limit, there's a satisfaction that's there whenever you get your limit. Yeah. Like, there's for such the a client, for the everybody on the boat, they, like... There's you got your a, limit because that's, like, the goal to get your limit. You know what I mean? Yeah. People just get gratification from catching a limit. Yeah. When, in all reality, you just need to catch what you need. 
Right. Because a lot of it ends up going to waste. And it definitely does. We know it. Yeah. But you can't tell somebody what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Some are better at taking care of it and getting rid of it than others. And some, yeah. yeah. Like the past two days I had a customer that brought a, out a like a plastic board and laid it on a cleaning station and sat there and filleted it off the skin and bagged it yeah. like nice and neat, like cleanly. And you get people that just throw it in a bag and leave it on the cleaning station <laughs> for an hour and a half and then go eat upstairs and then come back down and throw it in an ice chest. I mean, yeah, that's just ruined. <laughs> Seen it all. Oh, yeah. Definitely does happen. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you, dude, and I appreciate you supporting the podcast as well, man. You always, like, encourage it and uh, think it's cool, so it definitely keeps me doing it. And um, Yeah, man, I hope to see you uh, become a, a Venice legend as you, as all of us want to be, right? <laughs> yeah, I hope to be. Awesome. Plan to be. All right, so who's next? Jacoby going back in? Yeah, what? What? Where's your drink, brother? Pokey. What's up? <laughs> How you like the nickname, dude? You got that one quick. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's all right. It's, it doesn't. It's okay, I guess. I don't really know what to say about it. <laughs> it's okay. Here, pull that mic a little bit closer to your face there. Like, how did you get the nickname? Uh, so I actually had, like, an interview where I came and fished two days with them. It be, and uh, when I fished with Jordan and Chad, they were trying to figure out my ethnicity. Chad said, uh, he looks like he eats a bunch of Pokeballs. <laughs> and then the next day, we caught tunas and then ended up pulling a swordfish off. And the guys were like, man, we really... Wish we could have landed that sword. We don't really like tuna that much. Like we want white, like white meat. And I was like, man, I love tuna. I eat a poke bowl once a week. <laughs> and Jordan just lit up, grinned <laughs> ear <laughing>. to ear. <laughs> turns to Chad and he goes, Chad, did you hear that? And he's like, what? And then Jordan told him, and then they just started dying laughing. I had no clue what they were talking he loves about. Loves poke bowls. And. Uh, then later that night, they told me why well, it was so funny. And and then they gave you that nickname that day, didn't they? Pretty much, yeah. Chad, once I got back, Chad just started calling me Pokey. And then, dude, the funnier part was I remember that night, I like you told, like I heard the story or whatever, and then you sent me a picture. And, like, guys, if you know, like, one of those cards where you get, like, a hole punch out, like, and whenever you get 10, 
10 Poke Bowls. If you buy 10, then you get the the 10th one free. <laughs> and he had he had one of those with nine holes punched out. <laughs> I swear to God on my life, he sent me the picture of that, and yeah. I about died laughing. Okay, I will admit. <laughs> and I, so then from then on, his name was Pokey. <laughs> so that punch card, my dad had some holes on there too, not just me. It wasn't just you? No. You went but, and used it though, didn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got it done. I got that free one for sure. <laughs> what? Oh, I know. I'm gonna do it. Does this is I saw, this is Cameron? All right, you're right. I introduced him as Pokey, but your real name is Cameron. <laughs> yeah, no, it's how it goes. That's me. This is this is uh Cameron Alda. You're from Pascagoula, Mississippi. Right? That is correct. Cool. And um, I, before I kind of like I don't know how to do this because like I want to say some things, but like I guess tell us where you're from and like how you started fishing. Where you, where you did? Uh, well, so like you said, I'm from Pasigula, and uh, I grew up on a bayou, and like all the whole time I was not in school, I'd just be back there running around in the marsh or trying to catch garfish out the bayou, just trying to do something out there, and I just always loved fishing. Then uh, I got my first skiff. And that just that where was it, it, right? that was it. I took it just took off, <laughs> and I couldn't stop. How old were you when you got your first skiff? I was eleven. Eleven. That was what age I got mine too. It was like that was the that was definitely the 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 catapult for. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, whenever you got out of high school, like I mean, you had like you were fishing. What did you fish for mostly on the on Mississippi? Was what would you really cut your teeth on? Was it bass or what? I was mainly catching redfish and speckled trout. Speckled trout. In the summers, I would buy the hundred dollar commercial license, yeah, and sell redfish and speckled trout all summer instead of having a job. Oh, okay. So you did some commercial fishing. Uh, one of those guys. I wouldn't say scared. it like that. Cause <laughs> I wasn't like I was. Right. If it was raining too hard, I, I probably wasn't out there. Right, right. And something you did to pay for gas. Right. right. You know. Just to, yeah, exactly, and to get it, get me out there. Was there anybody that, like, taught you a lot about the area and stuff? Was your dad or, like, did, did you just kind of do it all yourself? Uh, Yeah, pretty much learned it all myself. Yeah. Uh, Once I got that skiff, it started with I had to have a parent on the boat. Yeah. Then it went on to... I could be by myself yeah. with a, in a certain section of road that yeah. my mom could walk out and see me. And then it just steadily growed where I'd get more and more range and just explore more and more. It's <laughs> the same way it happened with us. We were like, you got to be within earshot. And then mm -hmm. like you had to you know, be where you could call. Or, I don't know. There was always a different oh, yeah. <laughs> length that you could go. Right. <laughs> And a length of time before you had to check oh in. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. So, um, after high school, what would you do? What, uh, what, like, everybody's got to make that step, right, when you graduate high school. What would you do? Uh, after high school, I went to the, the community college and played soccer for two years. Yeah. And then I went to Southern Miss for a year. And then that's when I decided, like, school just uh, – I didn't want to do that. I didn't yeah. want to work in an office. Yeah, I remember you calling me. You were working at a bar, and you were going to school in Hattiesburg. And it yeah. was like, 
I think it was like around January. Yeah, it was right before the next semester was going to start because I literally signed up for my classes one day and then I just like was hating the decision and I called you the next day and dropped classes. <laughs> it, so it was right before the semester started. Yeah. Like I was starting that so, week. So for the listeners, like me and Cameron, like we like uh, we were friends. We knew each other. We weren't like the closest of friends. Right. You're like how many? Year, how old are you? I'm 24. You're 24, and I'm 27. So we're like three years apart. So like we knew each other for a while. But he called me and was like, "Man, I see what you're doing down in Venice. Looks awesome. I'd love to be a part of it." And I was like, look, man, like, I don't really, you never, you never, at that point, you had never really worked on a boat. Right, exactly. I that had point. no experience. Yeah, you had at no all. experience. And I was like, man, I'd hate to, like, put my neck out there for you. And then, like, you see that, you know, this isn't something you want to do. So I was like, you can find a job on a boat. Go get some experience just working on any boat, you know. And I, right. and I told you to go, you know, just go find a job on a fishing boat anywhere. And, get some experience and and that's what you did right that is what i did i went out to uh san diego where my my dad was living in is living in california and i went out there and got a job on a multi-day uh so yeah just like you said i went and got a job on a boat out out of san diego on a multi-day so like one of like the like the long range uh we wouldn't like they wouldn't call us long range because they do like 10 16 yeah dude i've talked to some of my clients that have done those like 20 days and like more than 10 days so how long did you guys do you guys did like three days right the most we did was a three and a half day three and a half day and it's kind of rough not seeing land for three and a half days (laughs) i know man i talked to some of those guys that do it for 20 days i'm like i don't think i'd want to pay to do to do that (laughs) no the most i think i i do want to go do something long like a long range but not 20 i want like 10 10 i think 10 would be perfect yeah hmm. so what all did you catch out there like and what like what boat you work on uh i worked on a boat co- named the success the success yeah and uh we were mainly targeting bluefin tuna bluefin what was the biggest one you caught dude uh the biggest one we caught that year was a 350 wow that's awesome yeah, it was pretty, pretty sweet. And the craziest thing, the whole time we were fighting it, we didn't really think it was anything that big. Like we thought it was just like our average was 120 to 170, and we thought it was just another one of those, maybe a 200. And then it came up, and we stuck it, and we we're like, "Holy shit, <laughs> that's a big fish!" It's a real one. <laughs> and and we pulled it over the rail and really looked at it, and we we're like, "Oh my god." <laughs> That's a big Who one. Who caught it? Was it uh like what did he catch it on or whatever? Uh we we caught it on a kite. Yeah. Using the dead flyers. Really a dead flyer? Yep, a dead flying fish where we would catch them around San Clemente Island at night and then we'd like let them die, put them in the freezer and then throw them out and How rig them. Uh we'd go around the island in the shallows, probably like 10, 12 feet deep. And have our spreader lights on, and we would just dip net them. Really? Mm-hmm. Hit them in the head because they try to fly away forward. They don't go backwards. <laughs> have you guys ever caught any flyer fish here? Like, I've only ever caught them, like, flying in the boat. Yeah. 
five beats and they put them out. Those aren't a really hardy bait, though, are they? Like, they die pretty quick. Yeah, they die really, really quick. <laughs> wow. I believe it. Those things, they, uh, hell of a bait. <laughs> but cool if to watch you do, <laughs> if, like, you said one flies in the boat, you immediately put it out, it, it gets ate. Yeah. Every time. There's yeah. no doubt about it. No, but they it's usually like right then. Yeah, it's, like <laughs> it's awesome. Who caught that fish? Was that your dad or was I no, know you said your dad caught a big one, didn't he? Uh, my dad was on that trip. He, oh, he was on it, okay. right? But he didn't catch it. That was cool for him to be there with you. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. That's the biggest tuna you ever caught, right? That is, that's my biggest tuna. That's awesome, dude. I see, like your dad to be there. You mean my my dad was there for the biggest fish I ever caught, like that big ass mako, uh, that's like awesome. eight hundred pounds. It's yeah. crazy how it works out like that, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely cool. He uh he caught one that trip, it was a one seventy and he was like I think that's that's the most like it, they, those things are strong. He caught a one seventy Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Real cool. Y'all had a good trip. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. It was it was good. So, um you did a full season out there, right? I, that is correct. And what is the season out there? Their seasons are totally shorter than ours. Theirs is only the well, the end, like the near shore, I guess you'd call it. They they'll start earlier in the year, but uh, like the offshore boats, they start in like May slowly. Like yeah. have a few trips in May, have a little more in June, and then usually July is full swing until. November. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, so you did from like what May to November? Right, I did June to November. June to November. Yep, I got the job. How'd you find the job? Uh, well, I took your advice and just walked the dock. Walked the docks, baby. And talked Love to it. any and every captain that would talk back to me. And then I was while I was talking to one captain because someone told me. That this one boat was looking for someone. I was talking to him. The boat across was the success, and their deckhand heard me and said, "Hey, we're looking for someone. Uh, here's the captain's number. Give him a call." Right. And, and that's how I gave him a call, and he took me, took me on. That's awesome, dude. That's like, that's such an ideal way to find your first job on a boat. Yeah. Honestly. Somebody's yeah. just giving you a shot, right? Yeah, he gave me my shot. <laughs> you I still keep in touch with him? It ended good with you and the cap? Yeah, it ended good. He understood me trying to get back closer to home and everything. Yeah. And uh, and so after that season, like, I called you because, like, we had kept in touch and you right. sent me pictures and stuff. Right. And a uh, spot came open and I was like, yo, you want this this job? Like, really good captain Jordan is, is looking for looking for a mate. And uh, you initially were like, nah. Yeah. Like, you had your plans. Like, you were good. Yeah, I was. It was, like, in December, maybe January. December or January. It was yeah. in the, like, middle All of winter. Season. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, because the, uh, so there, the deck cam before me on that boat that was there with me, he, uh, he was getting his license, so he was moving to second captain. Yeah. And then, so I'd be, would have been, like, lead deck hand. Yeah. And uh, lead deck hand gets to go with the boat from like mid or like mid October to mid November to Magdalena Bay. 
which is down south in Baja. Right, down south in Baja, catching striped marlin and wahoo, like right. lights out for a month. And, like, that was what was on my mind. Was You wanted to go fish down there. Right, because I didn't get to go because I wasn't, because they only take one day can, so I, and I was the new guy. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, so I didn't get to go, and I was really jealous. Right, right. So I, that's what I, that's why I initially said, no, I'm good. But then I just couldn't stop thinking about yeah, it all day. Yeah, it was day. like a few days later, you were like, and then uh, and then you flew back, you flew down here to give it a shot. Right, right. And then uh, Jordan said, you know, I told you to make sure he gives you at least like three months or yeah. something. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, you drove your truck back from California. Yeah, that drive sucked. <laughs> and started down here, huh? That is it. And how, what year was that? When was that? That was 2021. Yeah. March 2021. What's that drive from? Uh, it's 27 hours by myself. Wow. That's a drive. Oh, that was a hike. <laughs> you even bought a camper on the way back. I did. I bought a camper once I got back. Yeah. And uh, brought it down here. Yeah. And you don't live in Venice still, huh? Like, you live in your camper, but... Like you live, still live in Pascagoula. Right, still live in Pascagoula whenever we have, you know, oh, bad crazy. weather. <laughs> you <laughs> did, uh, and so you, uh, what, um, mm, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, how long have you been, like, so you've been deckhanding uh, for two years? Uh, two full years. This is my, like, going on my third year. This is going on your th third year with Jordan. No, second year with Jordan. Second year with Jordan. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you just got your captain's license back in with uh, Joseph. You were talking uh, about earlier. Well, I've, I've been, I'm a procrastinator. Awful. What happened? No, like I still, everything's good. I just haven't sent it off yet because I know. I know. Yeah. Jesus. No, yeah, you can't I'm raise your hand if you don't have it, right? Right. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm so what's so what's your plans down here, man? Like you gonna like do this for a couple years and then find a job like somewhere else, or do no. you want to like continue down here and be a captain and like? Cause like the deal with Jordan is is like just like Billy, he works Monday through Friday, or not just like Billy, but he he doesn't work weekends. So right. like you gotta find something to do on the weekends or. Or not fish, right? Right. That's uh, uh, well, hopefully when the day comes and they they give me the keys. So you want to put in like Kevin always talks about like the two years, two to three years or whatever, and then well, you can be a captain, huh? Well, I'm not trying to rush into that spot because the last thing I want to do is jump into a position I'm not ready for. Right. Right. So I'm not rushing into it. Whenever that day comes and they say. Like here are the keys, and <laughs> we'll go from there. But yeah, you don't have like a timeline or no. Anything. I don't have. But a you do want to be a captain. That is the goal. Yeah, I always say too. Those like when you're fishing with Jordan, you're fishing a lot of days, and uh, you're getting a lot of experience and like really good experience. Cause like, oh, yeah. you know, like it's crazy the position that you're in, but a lot of people don't realize it. But you know. Nobody taught Kevin Beach how to tuna fish. You right. Know, he kind of started a lot of that, and he, you know, I'm sure he talk, took things from different people and stuff, but I'm I'm sure he came up with a lot of it himself. 
And then, you know, from there, you know, people kind of learn together. I'm sure he taught a lot of people along the way. But then, you know, Jordan worked for him for four years and all that knowledge from, you know, seasons and seasons, you know, Jordan took that on. And then all that knowledge, Jordan made definitely learned a lot of stuff himself and he got better and better. And now you're in a spot where you're learning basically from the both of them. You know right. What I mean? Right. And so like you're starting out so far, like Jordan talks about this too. Like everybody now today, if you start tuna fishing today, you have way more advantages than if you would have started in 2000. Oh yeah. No you doubt. know what I mean? Like this, it's crazy. The amount of knowledge and things hard to even, you got to know what to gravitate to and what to believe too. Like right. What, you know, and like fishing with Jordan, I mean, man, you you got it made. <laughs> uh, I know. I uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of like big shoes to fill. Oh yeah, I mean? no doubt. I'm coming from <laughs> like coming behind like a stellar crew. Yeah. Like uh, before me, Chad Reinhardt. Like they're. Yeah, yeah, and that that's another thing. Trying to you know, Jordan had Chad for two years. Right. And then you stepped in, and like Chad was like. Chad, Chad is like like for everybody that doesn't know Chad Reinhardt, I've been, we're going to do a podcast very, very soon, but like Chad basically works circles around anybody in this company. Oh yeah. 100%. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) He is, he is, he is one of the hardest working guys in Venice. Oh, for sure. And, uh, to kind of come behind him, whatever, like, I'm sure Jordan was walking around like he lost his new dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no <laughs> doubt. Uh, Jordan was very patient with me. Has been very patient still. Yeah. Like, and like, I'm just trying my hardest to fill those shoes as well as I can. Yeah. Uh, you can only do your best. That's right. 100%. You know. that's, that's what I try to do every day is just try to be the best i can be yeah what do you what do you like to catch the most man i mean i know with jordan you guys i mean jordan's typical day is to slaughter the tunas and then catch a couple swords but um like what like what do you like to do you personally uh you know this year it's kind of started like this new thing like this new fish that i wanted to pursue more and that's uh blue marlin Oh yeah. I I caught my first one this year, and ever since then I've just had like, I've just been really mad at them. <laughs> just want to get them. So you guys never caught one last year? We we would hook them, but we'd lose like we'd break them off, hooking them on sixty. Right, not getting them on the right thing. Right, we're just. Like, Have you caught any any this year like on the right like stuff like? One. One. Caught one. Way cooler, isn't it? Oh yeah, when you get to wire them on four hundred, <laughs> you just pull. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it breaking. You just pull as hard as you want. Yeah, it's, it's fun, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that was that was cool getting a wire. How many have you caught this year? Uh, I've caught four this year. You and Jordan caught four. Um, no, me and Jordan have caught three. I caught one fishing with the private boat during oh, okay. the New Orleans Big Game Invitational, whatever. Cool. Did y'all take a place or? Uh, yeah, we took home some hardware, no money, but uh. What place did y'all get? What y'all? Uh, we got top lady angler and <laughs> top outboard boat. Oh. Top monkey boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. They made an award for that? Yeah, they did. <laughs> That's hilarious. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, neither did we. That's so funny. Um, 
Well, cool, man. Um, what about like any other like, dude? Um, probably can't talk about that. But um, what are some of the like biggest catches you and Jordan have had together? Um, New Orleans. So this year we beat Jordan's personal best, Yellowfin. Yeah. And it was two fifteen. Nice. And that was an insane day from the get go. We caught. That's crazy that, like, to catch a personal best with Jordan whenever he's been doing it yeah, for so long. Yeah, I know. Doing it with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was insane. Like, what do you eat? Uh, so, we went and caught mullets that morning. And we went out to the lump. And we pull up. Like, you know when you have that feeling? I was out there that day. Yeah, well, you were with Chad. Yeah, I was with Chad. I was mating with Chad that day. Yeah. Yeah, it was an awesome day. Oh, man. But I had, I just had that feeling that it's going to be lights out. and. Really? You had the feeling yeah. that morning? Yeah, <laughs> I had it. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And we pull up. Dude, I remember, like, that morning, like, we pulled in to catch bait in these little canals. Don't say where we were. Yeah, right. right. These little canals um, catching bait and – like we caught sh- the mullet were so Oh my good. god. Like we threw the net like like I landed on a uh, on a pile and Chad landed on a pile and, and there we rolled so many mullet. Yeah, I you had couldn't to have put, help. You, you couldn't pull the nets over, but then when you got the nets in there were so many mullet scales all over the boat oh, yeah. that we spent I think we spent like another an extra ten or fifteen minutes getting all the mullet scales out of the scuppers, right? Because they had blocked them up. And I remember you said your yours that day hadn't even got in, but like that fifteen minutes got you guys there. Yeah, we like y'all were the first. Jordan there. Jordan didn't care. He doesn't wait. He don't. He wait doesn't. Ma- it doesn't matter how dirty the boat is. We roll. Yeah. And yeah, we got out there, and it was just insane. <laughs> we pull up, mark them. He throws out a bait. I throw a couple freebies with it. I throw a bait, and a couple freebies, and just instantly double up. You're seeing 150 pounders blow up on the freebies. I start just throwing out more hook baits, and they are all just once they hit the water, getting eight, getting eight. We had four going and five guys. I was like, Jordan, you want me to throw out another? He goes, Ah, uh, let's let's wait. And so we. <laughs> We didn't hook up the fifth guy, and we landed three of the four on that set. And while we're taking pictures, Jordan throws out another mullet, and we uh, we just hook up, and it ended up being the 215. Right there, really? Yeah. The well, last one, huh? Yeah, the last one. Wow. <laughs> 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 and that was that was a great day. That's pretty cool, dude. Like I remember pulling up that day, and uh, you guys had, of course, already doing Jordan's thing, doing doing Jordan shit, and got them all hooked up. And we move like we pull in and don't get bit. We're like, yeah, I got. Th-. He's like, yeah, I got four, lost one, whatever. And we don't. We don't hook up initially at all, actually, for a, like for a while, and then y'all hook that other one, and we're like, 
you know, and then I, we didn't get bit for like another hour or two. Really? And then we ended up catching three that were all whatever, good ones. Good yeah. Ones. They were. I think we had one that was like 190, and right? Or 170, or 160. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Great day. That was. <laughs> That day. That was the pinnacle of the lump, and then, like, I didn't go back out. Yeah. I was like, I remember, I was like, dude, it sucks catching big fish because you have to pick them up. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing you saying that. (laughs) Dude, because, like, I do inshore every day, and you catch, you know, 350-pound-plus fish. I mean, dude, you are spent. I mean, you you pick them up, get them into the boat, and you pick them up ten times for pictures, and then you – Put them in the cooler. You got to pick them up to do that. And uh-huh. then you got to situate them right. And then you got to pick them up off the boat. And then yep. more pictures. And then on the cleaning table. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. You got to move them a lot. Yeah, you definitely got to move them a ton. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, I guess that's about it. Let's uh, let's move on to the next one. Ashton Muth. What's up, brother? Where are you from, brother? Man. <coughs> You know, you're some funny. I I'm a Yankee down here. <laughs> I originated originated from Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ashton's a fellow roommate of mine down here at the Stratosphere. We live here with a few guys. And yeah, it's been fun, man. I live in Pensacola, Florida. I've been li- in Pensacola, Florida since '08, though. So okay, since '08. '08. Quite a while. A while. So from um, you grew up in Ohio. So where did you cut your teeth fishing? Man. <laughs> I was just talking about this the other day with Scott King, the guy I work for now. Uh, my da- I just did the uh, the Google Maps. On my dad would let me ride to this golf course pond and bass fish that was 11 miles away when I was in like eighth grade. And uh, I would I would ride I, I would ride my bike up there. There was a bunch of golf course ponds, and I would bass fish, a little purple worm or a plastic frog, with ultralight. Yeah. And uh, so I loved fishing from the go. Uh, I would, they built this pond in my uh, park in my neighborhood. And I would, <laughs> I would catch fish out of the pond, put them in a bucket with a Mr. Bubble. And I would ride them with my bike all the way down to the new park. And I was trying to like stock the bass in <laughs> my, uh, my park in my backyard. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it ever, I mean, I'm, you know. So bass fishing was it, huh? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I feel like so many people cut their teeth on bass fishing and like that hook set. Man. That hook like, set. That like gets yeah. you. That's what we all love. Well, I mean, tuna fishing now. Everybody you know, loves it. You know, like, do you like real? I don't like real, man. Yeah. I just want to set the hook. Yeah. That's yeah. why I like, I like jigging, man. Set that I, d- I suck at jigging, Polly. Really? I saw. I just. I. I don't have. Beach tried to teach me it, like of like the the, the motion. <laughs> <I suck. laughs> not a jigger. <laughs> I'm, huh? t- I'm not a jigger. You a live baiter? I'm live baiter. Live baiter. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Cool, man. Um, so you fished like you grew up in Ohio. Then mm-hmm. like, how'd you get? Like, did you go to college or what oh, was your, man, what I, was your uh, step so in life? I played soccer, just like pokey soccer player. But I broke my ankles in high school. Broke both of them. Both and of your yeah, ankles. How'd you break them? Junior year, just bad tackles playing soccer. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can't play college ball. Yeah, with broke the ankles. Broke ankles. Can't do it. But uh, so I ended up. My mom lived in Florida, you know, in South Alabama. Uh, so I moved down with her. I went to school for a little bit. Did my two years, like my basics in college, but got a job. Uh, buddy hit me up one day and was like, "Man, you want to come work on a tugboat?" I said, "What's a tugboat?" <laughs> and so then I started, you know, got on a tugboat and deckhanded on a tugboat uh, out of Houma, Louisiana, for uh, five years. I, I started. I got my tankerman's license. I was tanking oil. 
Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then got laid off. Uh, you know, we were, you know, tanking at $140 a barrel. And then, you know, 2000 I don't even whatever, uh, 12, whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, when the oil filled And crashed. Uh, it crashed. And uh, so I got laid off and then went, you know, we I owned a, uh, my dad owned a big landscape company in Ohio. And we, uh, so I just landscaped with a buddy of mine and just keeping the lights on. And then uh, got an opportunity, got a phone call. I was with a headhunter company looking for another tugboat. And they called me and said, man, it's not a tugboat, but you can go to Alaska yeah. as a deckhand. And they didn't really give me a lot of information. They said it's out of Dutch Harbor. The pays X amount of dollars if you do good, and it's X amount of dollars if you don't do good. You know, because it's all your, you know, percentage. And uh, uh, so <laughs> I was at brunch in Pensacola. I was on the beach with my mom, and I hung up. And <laughs> she said, "Was that?" And I told her about the, you know, uh, whatever they want me to go to Alaska. She said, "You better fucking go." <laughs> <laughs> you making fifteen dollars an hour landscape, and you were to get your ass fishing, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went, and I did. I made really good money up there. But that's what kind I of fishing were you doing? In uh, long lining for cod. For cod. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of different types of fishing up there. That's so that's how that's how like I uh, commercial fishing. What, long what, what season? Like what was the season? Uh, man, I I went up there in uh, end of Aug- like end of August, early September, or something like that. For the first time, I was up there for three months. So and you guys uh, are finished up around November or December? Yeah, but then they go to, like, Sablefish, Black Cod, and they fish deeper, and it's just rougher weather. So I went up there the second time. I did two months of uh, just regular cod and pollock and skate, and then the other two months I did Sablefish, Black Cod, fishing deep, deep. So you fished in, like, what time of year was that? Uh, That was in, like, November and, like, December. Defin- that's crazy. Like, cold. Dude, that's insane. It's cold. I can't, dude. That's I just can't. I can't imagine. Like, but you know, I was like young. Alaska seems amazing, and I would love to go up there in the summer. But dude, I, I cannot cool imagine shit. seeing it in the winter time. It's like miserable. That. It's so miserable. It's <laughs> scary, and like it's scary. It really, it's just scary. And it's like, but I was a young kid, and I didn't have any direction. Wait, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was twenty-four when I went up there. Yeah. And uh, just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, and yeah. then did that, and like. Had a come to Jesus meeting, you wanted to fish and, huh? and some rough shit. Well, just like well, I did want to, you know, but uh, I didn't want to fish like that, right? <laughs> you know, uh, and then came home. And what was, was like, it? Just like being scared, like no, I mean, just man, like that's like, like twenty hours a day. Like well, you know, it's it, you know what we do here is t- hard. Yeah, but what them boys do up out of Dutch Harbor is is stupid. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the most miserable, most coolest. You see the most coolest, but it's I mean you got your Lieutenant Dan every fucking day. You better you better ready ready to ride it. Right, you know? right. Uh, yeah. You got. But it like made it'll make you a fucking man. Yeah, you know yeah, you make you, you appreciate make you appreciate this this, this job. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, so came home and fished out of Pensacola a little bit. Got an opportunity here with uh, Justin Fayard. Yeah, Mexican golf. Mexican golf. And, uh, man, I cut, <coughs> cut my teeth with Justin. Learned a lot from Justin, sword fishing. You know, uh, a lot of days going like five for six. Like right. excellent, you know, excellent sword fishing. Learned a lot from him. Uh, you know, so I've been down here. It's going on four years. going on at five, I think, now. So, like, maybe maybe just four. Right. Uh, but uh, that's uh, – how long do you fish with Justin? Man, two like two years. Two I fished years. With Justin, two years. Uh, fished the beach a little bit, a couple months, three months. I was not uh not no, I wasn't even well total. I fished with Justin for two years, but 
yeah. on off, I, you know, changes and right, things right. like that. But you've been with uh, Scott King now for a while, huh? dude. A while, two, how long? Like two years now. Two years Actually, now? two years, almost to the day. You guys, like a fine old machine. Dude, now. we are so good together. Scott's Mr. Grumpy Face, <laughs> and I just work. I'm smiling, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> So you try, you're the yin to his yang. Yeah, huh? yeah, and we fish great together. <coughs> uh, I love so I love you, Scott you King. Does uh like would you say like you're the more of like the talker entertainer? Because oh, yeah. like it always 100%. like I feel like there's always one that does more of the of the talking to Scott the yeah. is <coughs> he uh is down to business. And the, I mean we're both down to business, you know. But Scott's very down to business. So let's, let's, yeah, I uh, feel like it's I feel I feel like sometimes it's like. You know, the captain has a lot to think about in the morning, where he's going, how the boat's running, you know, what he's going to do, all that kind of stuff. And uh, for you to take the, the, the pressure off yeah. of the clients is kind of yeah. like somebody. No, some some deckhands take pride in different things. No, you know, you're and definitely that's, good at talking to everybody. That's what I think, too. I tell a lot of people where I think a lot of people forget sometimes, like, we're not fishermen. This is customer service. Yeah. yeah. This is customer service, you mm. know. And uh, uh, this is entertainment. <laughs> and uh, I think some people forget that sometimes, and I get, I get irritated as, you know, it's like you ask people like, all right, guys, you go to catch bait, and you're like, who's yeah? Everybody's familiar with a spinning rod, and everybody's like, oh yeah, and then you hand everybody the spinning rod, and they're holding it upside <laughs> down, reeling backwards, and then every you know you go to snapper fish with a, I, I swear to God, this happened the other day, worst fisherman I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <And> <laughs> these guys see so upside down spinning reel. We snapper fish. We give all right. Thumb on the reel, lever back, drops it to the bottom. I swear to God, he thumbs it all the way down, locks it up, flips it over. On <laughs> 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 a conventional, you know, like, are you, you? Wait a minute now. Flips it around. What are you gonna say? You know, because he was just like. Yeah. What can a uh, what what can a client do to like really make your day? Man, I love. I, or, like, not make your day. You know, uh, well, I, like Steven said, I love people with a positive attitude. I love people that crack a beer leaving the marina. <laughs> uh, that's, that's you know, I, I love that. Not to get drunk all day, but just to, like, man, you know what, Cap? If we catch them, one or two things are going to happen. We're either going to get them or we're not. Right. You know what I mean? We're going to uh, have a good time. Right. time. Right. And that's my favorite kind of people. The guys that come with their F-350s with the – Cool, the the ice chest on the back of the, the flatbed and the generator <laughs> running on their ice chest and you're like <laughs> we gotta fill that motherfucker you're like you sh you don't catch shit yeah yeah you know? it is funny how people like you always catch ones like if they bring a deep freezer and a generator it might not catch anything but if they bring bring the soft coolers you're probably gonna fill if them. they don't bring nothing you know yeah. God it's like you guys didn't bring coolers like we didn't know we were supposed to yeah wait yeah. a minute you got we got ten tunas in here right right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So what's uh, one of the best uh, catches you you and uh, you and Scott you'd say, or one Dude, when it's all you know about? my most my most memorable trip with Scott was at Ram Powell, my favorite rig. That's my favorite rig to fish is Ram Powell. I've had my, some of my best days. I've had some of my best days at Ram Powell, and uh, some of my most memorable. Yeah, I've had some of my most memorable with Beach. Beach and I two days in a row caught ten tunas. And, like, the first day, eight of them were on poppers, or almost, like, eight of them were on poppers. Like, the next day, I mean, uh, you know, half of them were. And, I, and, and that second day, we caught two, we doubled up on white marlins. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, uh. uh those but visuals are hard to, uh, <laughs> yeah, those are awesome. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, but Scott King and I, 
uh, this was last year, and we had nine. Scott was working on the last fish. Tunas. Yeah, and uh, nine yellowfin. Scott's working on the last fish. And he comes up, and I should have stuck him. And Scott, you know, but then he digs. And Scott's like, you know, it's August. Like, Come on, Ashton. Like, gosh, dang it. And uh, so fish comes around again, does a circle. And, I I mean, on an eight-foot gaff, I got my hand in the water, and I snatch him. And all you hear is Scott King say, oh, Ashton, no. And there I go over the side. <laughs> no way. And this 70-pound fish pulled my ass in. <laughs> pulled you over? You were all the way stretched I was all out. the way in. So the guys on the rig at Ram. Honk at me, laughing. They waved at me, laughing. So we got me. But I, I mean, I wasn't in the water two seconds. So I, my ass came turned right around and came back in that boat. But we got the gaff back, got me back, got the fish. Man. Went to the barn and it was like 10:30, and that was one of the most like at Rampal. <laughs> so we, I mean, it was like two drifts done, kind of. You know what I mean? Like wow. it was, you know, a great a day. day. But I did get pulled in. <laughs> uh, yeah, Aaron Wilmoth was right next to us. He saw it. He got really? it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No videos, huh? No. Thank Dang, God. Thank God. <laughs> Dang. It's impressive. Getting pulled in. Yeah. Dude. Man, so you kind of touched on uh, conservation, but, like, I know a lot of people say, you know, take what you need, all that kind of stuff. But, like, um, what more do you think, like, as far as, like, you know, there's so much money in fishing. Like, say we had, like – Say we had a hundred million dollars to spend on something, and and fishing like if you know like you see all these large astronomical amounts of money. You want to you you know what, Polly? I'd like to see. Uh, the the, the close in like bottom fishing. I mean, we you know I don't know. Uh, I think the bot our bottom fish around here and th- you know from Fushan to Pensacola to pa- you know Panama City. Destin, I mean, uh, this whole northern Gulf area, I think, just gets hammered so hard, so hard. And uh, and every week, every year, people are like, oh, my God, it's getting worse than years. But every year, people are still going to catch as many fish as they can. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, I'm no, you know. You think the bottom fishing has gotten worse? I mean, I, man, I've I only, mean, you and Scott. I've not been doing this for long, but me and Scott have been hammering groupers. I know, you guys have been catching a lot big of groupers. Big tails, big yeah. groom tails. And see, uh, my, my answer for that really is more habitat. I agree More artificial reefs, more, like, rigs, figure out how to leave more. But I always think, like, I don't know, man, I always play around with the idea. If you had, you have all these people with all this money, if they would build rigs as, like, a camp, right? Yeah. Like, if you could build, like, if somebody was rich enough to where they could build a rig that was their camp, and instead of making it an oil rig, you made it a fish reef, you know, like, you made things that would actually attract the fish. But, you know, it's, you know, why'd they have to knock Lena all the way down? Right. You know? uh, I just feel like if you drop these ideas in people's heads that maybe, you know, one day we can move, because, you know, Whenever we make more habitat for like hunters and stuff, mm-hmm. those it, you know it it, it comes right. back. If we didn't have the rigs, what would we have? What would we have? Yeah. If we didn't have all the artificial we'd silty, reefs. We'd have a silty mud bottom. Yeah, if we didn't have <laughs> art- all the artificial reefs that are on the Panhandle now, what would we have? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff from school buses to airplanes to you know actual limestone pyramids yeah. that people have made. So. Yeah. I the pyramids. I mean, they drop a lot of pyramids. I think so. I mean, and you know, they're doing a ton. I think that that yeah. that. I just think that everybody needs to get on board. Like mm-hmm. anybody that doesn't think that we shouldn't have more stuff out there on the bottom. I mean, to me, that's just crazy. We need more, more sources for healthy food. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. 
cool, man. Everybody's always okay with uh, sinking the ships out there. Like, oh, yeah, get another uh, ship offshore. Get another reef. ship, yeah. Like, man, what's wrong with putting it in, you know, seven miles to 15 miles right Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> and the problem with, like, here, I think, is we have so much silt on the bottom compared to, you know, like the sandy bottoms of Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. stuff will stay a lot longer. But mm-hmm. it's hard to put a bunch of, st- like, rocks on the bottom knowing that they're going to sink in the mud. Stay, yeah. Yeah, no, right. stay longer. Right, right. <laughs> A lot yeah. of issues, but definitely can help. <laughs> yeah, man. Anything else you want to say? Talk about? I want to oh cut man. you off, man. I, no, we, everybody left us except Stephen here. Thanks for sticking around for my uh, edit here, Stephen. <laughs> everybody just. Uh, yeah. I guess I wasn't as interesting as everybody else. So. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Did a- a- I thought Alex wanted? To, is Alex not going to do it? He's still here. He's still here. Still here? Yeah, is Alex it? is. Alex is going to come out. Alex. Here. I thought I heard voices. By the way, Polly, so you know what we didn't get to talk about was the f- my favorite type of fish. You know what I did today? We were talking about blue marlins. I caught my first blue marlin today, Polly. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I got. I put myself in the belt and harness, and he was only like 200 pounds, maybe. He was yeah. small. And he didn't have a bill. But you know what? I strapped up. Strapped up. In and the I got him to the boat, and I was happy for myself. <laughs> that was you know, pretty My cool. favorite type of fishing is also mullets. Mullets. Seeing them motherfuckers eat a mullet is about the coolest bite. Yeah, the mullet, dude, the mullet, like, I always tell people the mullet to me is my favorite bait for anything out there. Because anything eats a mullet. I've caught anything from a bass to a blue marlin on a mullet. Coolest tuna bite, big tuna bite ever. (laughs) Other than hand, I mean, hand feeding shrimp, but, ah, man, you know. (laughs) What's going on, man? How you been, man? You've been a you've been a really big supporter of the podcast as well, huh? Man, when I first started listening to your stuff, so it was this was uh probably last summer. I was flying out to Saint Martin. Yeah. And I had to download a bunch of stuff on my phone to listen to for the plane ride and I downloaded like a bunch of your podcasts and I listened to them on the way there and on the way back. So awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, cool. I find that a lot of people listen to them like to and from like fish in transit. Like you, you know, there's always like oh yeah, man. Somewhere with like especially coming down to Venice. I mean, it's always you're you're always at least an hour at the very least from Venice. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> so. And I always like hearing stuff you know that other fishermen talk about, and you get to interview some of the best fishermen in the Gulf. So right, yeah, it is. It is. I've I've had I've I've definitely been honored to have some of the guests that I have have had on. Yeah, it's, dude, it's you've crazy. had some legends on here. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, what's your first and last name, who you work for? I'm Alex Sewell. I fish for Louisiana Blue Water. I got really lucky with my job. <laughs> I kind of – I kind of. How old wa- are you, too? I'm 26. I'm 26, cool. I kind of got uh, handed it pretty quickly. The guy I worked for, uh, he was in the Coast Guard when he was, like, trying to start the company. Wasn't always able to fish. When I met him, I actually had – I'd already had my captain's license. He had a mate. I wasn't working for the company. And my plan was to uh, do inshore charters actually out of a place called Delacro, Louisiana. And when I met him, my one of my really good friends was fishing <coughs> for him. And uh, he he couldn't fish the whole time. So he introduced me to this captain. I started fishing. And he was like, hey, man, like you got your license. You know what you're doing. Like, what do you think about coming to work for us full time? And I was like, man, that that'd be awesome. Like, I literally, like I said, I was handed this opportunity. I've been very grateful for it. Unlike some of these other guys, though, you know, they've been taught for years and years on how to do this stuff. I've been learning a lot of this stuff on my own. 
Now, I grew up somewhat doing this, but everything's changed in the past couple of years with all these boots and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, like, how'd you, but, like, how'd you cut your teeth on fishing? I mean, like, you not didn't just, like, they didn't just want you because you didn't know how to fish, right? I mean, you no, know, no, like, no. what you wanted. So, honestly, I grew up fish inshore fishing with my dad and we had this camp in delacroix that was like is mainly a duck camp right because you could only get to it by boat is in the middle of the marsh is like old school type stuff that people did down here and we would have a guy come down here and hunt with us every opening weekend and he was a big farmer in mississippi and he ran this whole big guide outfitter for duck hunts and he always told me he was like hey man like when when you're older and you get time off, like come guide for me. Well, when I finally got to college, I had, you know, that, that fall break or Christmas break, whatever you want to call it. And that's like your whole hunting season. So I got with him. He gave me a chance doing that. And like, that's one hunting and fishing. That's like my passion. Yeah. But when I got to take people hunting every day for 60 days out of the year and get to experience them loving something that I love to do. Yeah. It really turned me on to it. And then I realized eventually I was like, well, I like fishing a little more than hunting. You get to do it, you know, the majority of the year where hunting's only 60 days out the year. Right. I'm going to get into this. I got my captain's license. I was always a, a really big fisherman in Delacroix. And that was my plan. And then when I met Bob, he offered me that opportunity before I, I was about to buy an inshore boat and start my own thing. And he offered me inshore trips at first. That's how I started. And then I got into the offshore game and we, you know, we're growing this company. It's been doing real well. And what year, what, how old were you when you started with him? So I started about three years ago, three years ago. I really started as a deckhand offshore. I was yeah. running inshore trips, but then quickly because he was in the coast guard he wasn't out yet he started you know giving me these trips literally like he he just went on a limb and gave me a chance and it just really worked out and i've been very fortunate for it been learning a lot of stuff when i started offshore fishing it was everything i did was out of a bay boat because that's what i had i got a truck my dad had a boat I did inshore everything. He taught me everything I knew inshore, and then we started, you know, I got to go different places. One yeah, you want to go deeper and deeper and deeper. Once I got confident mm-hmm. with my little place in Delacroix, you know, I wanted to learn new areas. My buddy had a camp down here in Venice, so I started hunting down here, and we, you know, fished during the day, and it was, like, an amazing fisher. I was like, I got to learn this place. Yeah. So I came down here, I started fishing inshore, and then we started pushing offshore to the rigs, catching snapper, cobia, mangroves, all that stuff. And then my first year really going after the tunas, on my own, we went to the lump in a bay boat. <laughs> you know, it's something not most people do. It's kind of frowned upon. Yeah, but depending on who you are, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to pick your days. You got to be safe about it. Safety's a big thing, but... uh that's what got me hooked, man. We went out there. We actually struggled really hard our first day. We lost two good fish, and then <laughs> just enough to get you hooked. Huh? Exactly, <laughs> kept me coming back. But that—that's how I started down here. I and my uncle had a—he still has it. It's a 31 Bertram. Mm-hmm. And so we would do some, you know, fishing down here on that. And I—I I also, the first tuna I ever caught was with an old school captain down here james peters oh man i'd love to have him on Woo. 
It'd be the, awesome. The first tuna I ever caught was on a, a thread fin herring on a kite rod at Tinkerbell. <laughs> I'll never forget. We caught like four tunas that day and a blue marlin, and it was all on a kite rod. Yeah. We watched every fish eat the bait, come out the water with it. Talk about a legend, huh? Yeah. <laughs> He, he's slowing down now. I mean, dude, he's been down here for so long. Yeah, no, I haven't seen him a lot here lately. Um, well, you know Kyle, right? Yeah, Kyle's kind of running his, his yeah. show now. And Ky- Kyle's, like, learned from one of the, the yeah. best. You know? It's crazy to see there. I mean, Kyle's been his mate for – I mean, Kyle was his mate before I started down here, so 10 years plus yeah, for sure. You talk about a hard-working guy. You know? Oh, yeah, amazing. And, dude, they are a circus. They are a comedy show oh, on yeah, the boat, dude. dude like <laughs> – James is really good friends. Those with my two together friend. are so funny, man. Is insane. Like James, probably one of the most hilarious guys I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, he's an awesome guy, man. For sure, he is for sure. But um, yeah. So you started like I mean, so not long after that, like you catching your first tunas, then you're running and trying to do the offshore thing, right? Well, I caught my first tuna when I was like a little kid with James, and then. I was always into it, you know. I didn't always have a boat. I mean, to go. about the bay boat though, like y'all call. Oh, yeah, the bay boat thing, man. <laughs> we started with a snapper, and it was like, let's see if we can go further. <laughs> you know, that's that's what we did. So, but you've been running the boat for three years. This is your third. So I've been running the boat full time for two years now, and I would say I started running it probably two and a half years ago. I've been yeah down here fishing. It's hard, like starting out, right? Like you you don't have like. No, full, man. full, full, full calendar, right? <laughs> no, exactly. It was like, dude, this past year, we really didn't book much, you know, in the wintertime because no one really does. And then February last year for the lump season was, you know, dirty water everywhere. The fishing yeah, was real yeah. tough. So we told everyone, we are like, March, you know, March, March. On and then it. lump season was a little early this year. <laughs> in February, you know, we're watching all these people catch fish. We're booking trips last minute trying to go out there. But yeah. It was still a pretty good year. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it is it is tough, man. Especially not fishing every day, and also not coming from like, I mean, everybody just listened to somebody like Cameron, you know, like all the advantages that he has, like getting into it, like he's you know he's he's learning from somebody that's learned from Kevin Beach, you know. Oh you know, yeah, he's, for sure. You know, Jordan's taught himself a lot and learned a lot along the ways, and now Cameron gets to learn from him, you know, and that's like an amazing opportunity, but like. Honestly, I always tell people what beats everything is just about spending more time out on the water. You know, it, it definitely does. You teach yourself a lot, you know. Yeah. And I it's mean, more gratifying teaching yeah, yourself, for sure. too. Sometimes. When, when, you know, when someone asks me, like, who's the best best fisherman, I always say, whoever spends the most time out there. <laughs> you get to stay on fish, you know, you learn more, you pick up little things that, like, stuff you can't explain. You just... You see things, and you know, this is what we got to do. Yeah. And that's something you get with more experience, and I'm still very new to it, but I'm learning every day, man, and it's a really cool job. It's And it's it's a very tough job as a young person that's getting into it, even for the young captains that are in our, and that are in yeah, our company, sure. because, you know, if you're, you know, if you're somebody like James Peters or Billy Wells or Kevin Beach or any of these guys, like, they've – earn their stripes and people know that they're in good hands and that they're with a good guy. Yeah, but whenever sure. you're with somebody that's, you know, hopefully you, you know, you guys have been recommended, but you don't have all that behind you as a younger, as a younger person. So it, it definitely makes it a little bit 
tougher to be impressive. And especially with this fishery, it's just so competitive, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you have your little clicks, everyone talks to everybody and it helps those people out. But at the end of the day you just really gotta fish hard, you know, keep your head down and yeah. just stick with your gut, do what you do best. <laughs> That's right, man. So like what's one of your biggest catches, what you uh well, I caught a most a, memorable or whatever you wanted to talk about. This past year is in January. I caught a 221 pound yellowfin on a popper. That was pretty cool. I was standing up on the bow. There's tunas and mackerels blowing up everywhere. And at first, when we got there, we saw that's when we saw our our most tunas coming up. But like you couldn't hook them. And then as the day went on, there was less tunas coming up, but people were hooking more fish and we hooked a fish we fought them for about 45 minutes pulled them off i mean on a popper they shake the hooks a lot yeah 60 40 shot right? well at, yeah exactly <laughs> but at that point you, you know you just gotta you're gonna be like all right no big deal keep a good attitude and just keep trying well yeah. we pulled back up on a school i threw the popper out i was standing on the bow of the boat I was popping it, popping it, and this tuna came and knocked the popper out the water. I saw the fish. I was like, oh, my God, he was huge. We missed him, and then I twitched it two more times, and he crushed it. The fish ended up getting tail-wrapped, and we caught him in about 30 minutes. And when we pulled him over the side of the boat, I was like, <laughs> Look, I, I'm not good at judging, like, big fish. They, you know, you got your hunting. Yeah, you don't see a ton of them. <laughs> exactly. You got your 130, 150-pound class fish. You can be like, all right, he's in there. But once they, they get above 180, they're really hard to judge. Yeah. And I was like, this was the first time I was like, this fish is like close to 200. Yeah. And when we weighed them, I was like, oh, my God. The fish of a lifetime. It's just. It's crazy we still have those monsters like that. You know? Well, I've, I've noticed in the past, like, two years, we've been seeing more and more fish over 200 pounds absolutely i've talked about it a couple times and several times in this podcast for sure well last year the long it just seemed like such a healthy fishery we were catching like small fish medium-sized fish and big fish yeah and i've always heard when you have a mix of fish like that it means like the yeah i've heard the same thing the school's really healthy yeah that's something you want to see absolutely i think so i mean it makes sense right yeah and the like out at the floaters this year it's been Every rig seems to have fish, as long as the conditions are good. I mean, yeah, it's been real good. It's been an incredible tuna year so oh, far yeah. from what everybody's – I've uh, got – From what I've seen. Yeah. And, I mean, if it wasn't good, I don't – I mean, <laughs> with the way the gas is, I don't <laughs> Gas prices are horrendous. <laughs> but, you know, people come down here for tuna, you tell it, you kind of explain to them ahead of time what it, what it is, and then they, they bite the bullet and they say, yeah, let's go get them. And <laughs> as, that's the best you can do, you know. Yeah. Bring them to where the fish are. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So, um, your plans uh, to make a lifetime out of this, or what? Man, I have no plans to leave here. I was telling my, our buddy Stephen right over here. I was like, at this point right now, man, I just want to fish as much as I can. I mean, you get a day off after having a long stretch, and like you know, before your day off, you're like, man, I can't wait to sleep in. But then you wake up the next day, you're like, oh, this is nice. And then you hang out for a little while, and you're like, man, I should be fishing a day. Yeah. <laughs> so you think you'll always stay on the offshore stuff, or do you think you'll ever do inshore? Man, I, I really like the inshore fishing, especially down here. But I'll be honest, man, where I grew up inshore fishing, like, 
the the conditions with the wind and whatnot, you can go find a pocket of water because the marsh is so much more protected and there's like... Indelica, you mean? Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot more grass. It's fresher water. You can find clean water a lot easier. Down here, you go catch fish on one side of the river and smoke them three days in a row and you get a different wind. It's like, all right, now we got to go look on the other side. Yeah. And I like that challenge, but it makes it hard when you're not fishing consistently down here. Yeah. But when you catch them, it's, like, way more rewarding. You know yeah, what I mean? It is. I mean, you're, you're a full-time inshore guide. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're you're 100% right. That you know I, all I tell people, it. you know, that's one of the things I try to stress to clients all the time is that, like, in Venice, at any given time, any rig, any point, any grass line can have fish. and But they can also, at any given time, not have fish just as easily. Like, I mean – the other day was a very prime, prime example. I went out on a charter, um, fish till whatever noon or one, and the guys, uh, they had to catch a flight home, so we came in. But I found some really cool stuff on the way on the way in that I wanted to stay and fish and dive. I wanted to dive it. And they were like, no, Cap, we really need to go in. And you know, I was like, oh, it's, you know, fine. Yeah. Put it up to you guys. We went in, and then – because the conditions were so good, I decided to get in my – I think you saw me at the dock that day, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Aaron decided to get in our boat and go back out and go dive. And when we got back out there, the conditions were completely different. Yeah, Current, uh, like, water clarity, everything 100%. was just completely different. And we weren't even – we had not even left the area for two hours. You know what I mean? So, it just – I don't know, man. Like, what you said is 100% right. There's so much less land in, in pockets and so much open water. So wind direction changes. So everything like changes. Where in Delacro, when I started inshore fishing down there, it's like, if you don't have the best tide or you have dirty conditions, you know, dirty water, you can go catch fish here and there because that little area has, like, what you want to look for. It has a little bit cleaner water. Down here, you'll be fishing in, like, perfect stuff everyone's on the radio saying man it's like watching paint dry yeah and then all of a sudden and this is the only place i've seen this <laughs> all of a sudden someone will be like hey we just got a bite and then another person will be like we just we just doubled up and then all of a sudden your court goes under yeah. and they just start biting it's like they've been there the whole day but they <laughs> it is wild man it is wild to see how like i was just filming just this week with mark davis and we caught a few fish early in the morning and then like i kind of expected it to happen with the tides and everything and we didn't from about eight thirty in the morning till about one thirty in the evening we didn't catch another fish and then about one thirty, when that tide started falling boom we caught and, and you can be in the same spot i've seen it down i've seen it down here so many finish times the show you know it was enough <laughs> you'll pull into it you know an area on low tide and you see the redfish swirling everywhere and you're not getting bites and all of a sudden your cork starts drifting a different way and you just start catching fish it's like that's crazy and then you hear everyone else is starting to catch fish too yeah, it is wild and, to see. and that's like something special to a lot of the gods down here a lot of other people it's hard for them to appreciate it because they don't get to see it the way we do yeah I always say, too, like with the bull red fishing, like it happens, you know, towards the end of the year, like August, September, they'll have like, you know, the moon phase will be right before the full moon. Right. And the fish will be feeding. You'll just be catching them and catching them. And, you know, the full moon's coming once the full moon gets there and you go back the next day and they're all gone. Yeah. And there's none there. There's And the pogies will be gone, too. They're all everything. Everything's is gone. Just gone. Like, yeah, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your customers look at you like, 
All right, so. I promise you, they were here. <laughs> I, I thought I knew what I was doing. So, I got a question for you with the whole bull red fishing, because that's something I really like doing. And when I first started out fishing, I was trying to, you know, kill as many fish as I could, have like a perfect board shot. Now I'm like, I want I want to go catch a big fish. I want to fight it. I want, you know, I'm not talking it up to the clients. They just don't realize how cool it is. So right, I, right. Like, you know, I talk it up so they can appreciate it the way I do. Right. But what is your favorite, like, inshore fish to go after? Man, some people that like coastal, coastal, uh, Gulf of Mexico areas. Everyone's speckled trout. But yeah, I, I, th- I, you know, I see a lot of people go for the speckled trout, but like I, f- I, f- I get a lot of out of state like people from far yeah, away. And, and, and most they, people that come down here want redfish. Yeah, they want they want something that pulls drag. But like for me personally, I like following the seasons. Like yeah, and yeah, I think that's sure. the coolest the coolest thing to me about Venice and like you know, you got your like guys that are honing on the trout and the you know, the bull reds and they you know, there's um guys that come down here specifically for tarpon, you don't see them until tarpon season. Right. And you start seeing more tarpon guides and then um uh what else? You know, there's there's all the you know, you know, the seasons change but like I've noticed in the last few years, like, I like fishing rigs a lot, but it's also, like, I start honing in on what to expect to happen at the rigs. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, as the season changes, you know, in the in certain months, I'm catching lane snappers and, uh, you know, sheephead. Just watching the sheephead spawn happen is amazing. That, that's one of the me. coolest things we it, got It is here. wild and, and, and one of the best fish to me to eat. And watching that and then going and targeting them on cane poles and making it weird and yeah, stuff like that. you do like some that. cool stuff like that. And then, you know, and then right now, like, we're seeing the, the bull red migration or – I don't know. The bull reds live here, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, but you see them starting to in, you the start to see them moving. You, you're seeing more and more bait. You know, as the water warms up, we're you, moving into June. And you, then you're you're sitting there fishing in like four foot of water on the outside, and you see like a school of a hundred bull reds just right, through. right. And and now we're starting to see like uh, like triple tail running around on the surface and in line. I feel like and, the triple tail like got that. here early this year. Man, I I, I don't know. I, I but think, I I, I also have a like, mixed opinion about it. I think we keep somewhat of a resident population partial that's what i think like part of the year i mean like because kobe is we catch kobe is out here 12 months out of the year yeah like people will say like oh they haven't moved past us yet off the panhandle and we already have them here yeah i think as long as they have food and and the right water temperature they'll stay and i think i think you're right about that We, we got some fish that migrate through i mean we have you know you know certain tunas that migrate and then some tunas that are residential and and the same goes for i think i think all the species but yeah i think for what your your question was is like like watching all that that stuff happen too like going into the fall and then you're we're about to start seeing tarpon show up and stuff like that and so and 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 i think that like it gets you like almost something to look forward to because yeah yeah, for sure at you know at times like you know once you do sheephead fishing for so long you're like all right right let's go do something else here here, what's when when are the the trout gonna show up yeah and then the trout show up and then when are the bull rays gonna be here right watching the trout spawn that's another like huge like my favorite time to trout fish is out there in the sound around the full moons and uh may like like around may Yeah, yeah yeah you catch the big ones but one thing my dad always taught me about inshore fishing he said you fish for what's in the marsh. 
Yeah. And it's like what you said, the seasonal thing. Sometimes there's fish that, you know, show up at certain times, and that's kind of what you go target. It makes it, like, completely yeah. different, you know, changes it up for you. Yeah, it definitely does. It keeps me it keeps me entertained. And then, like, I always, like, it's like I, like right now I'm, like, to a point where I found, like, a bunch of bull reds um, this week, and I've had a lot of fun with them. And, like, tomorrow I can't wait to use the cane pole. You know what I mean? And yeah, like, you do a bunch of cool <laughs> stuff like that. So I remember you were with uh, – I just try and, like, keep it interesting for myself. Bill had that tournament last year. And I remember you and – I think it was Craig Brumfield. Yeah. They yeah. called that Kobe on the cane pole. That <laughs> yeah. was pretty awesome, man. Yeah, it was amazing, man. It was, it was really cool. Kind of changed, changed the way I do things a little bit. <laughs> so, like, what you were saying with the seasons, like something I like to do offshore, like, you know, in the fall – Right now we have a you know there's, there's some blue marlin right now, but like in the fall they really show up, and I think a lot of these you know sport fisher tournaments we got going on right now is because it's when we got our consistent weather. But you go out there in the fall, man, we got bigger tunas and we got the blue marlins. And one of my favorite things to do is live bait blue marlins. <laughs> I love that, man. And there is not much cooler. I think. Um it's one of like one of my goals when I got my first Bebo is why I wanted to put a swordfish in it, uh, and and my, ne- my my goal I'm getting about to get this new boat and I want to I want to catch a blue marlin on it. Man, let's go, dude! <laughs> I, I love that. Do that in September would be, yeah. be awesome, huh? <laughs> Man, that that time of the year, you, like it's not uncommon to go out there to the floaters and you literally see them swimming on the surface. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw one uh, two days ago. Yeah, it's crazy too how they'll pile up. Like in September, I can remember whenever I was deckhanding out there. There was one year they they caught like like twelve at one rig in a day. You know, it's just this wow. They how they in September they, they this they do past it. year late September October. I remember this one rig. We were all fishing out there, and within like three days, there were like fifteen blues caught. That's crazy. I hooked one that was a uh, is probably the biggest fish I've ever hooked in my life. Wow. Your buddy JT, he he watched the whole thing. He was dancing right next to his boat. He was giant. Yeah, he he was. Uh, I wouldn't call him a grander because I'm gonna be <laughs> humble about it. But he was over, he over was seven, eight hundred pounds. He was, he was, he was a giant one. It was one that like, if I landed that, I, that's like a fish of a lifetime. Something you'd never forget. But I will never forget watching him jump. The customer actually, he was started reeling and then he got on. The two hands and backlash the reel, yeah. and I started driving on him, trying to get the line back, and then we got on, you know close to him, and he he made another run, got to the backlash, and he was popped gone. it off. Huh? Yeah. But did you have him on the right stuff, or was it? Yeah, did yeah, you? I did. Really? What? So what do you eat? He ate a giant bonita. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had him. I say the right stuff. I had him on two hundred pound fluoro with like a thirteen knot circle hook. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the right with that size. <laughs> it had been right for like a three hundred pounder. <laughs> right. Well, so, so something I do is a lot of times these these fish right now they get overfed. Like there's so many boats throwing out baits. You know, I'll go catch two hundred, three hundred horn bellies and throw them out there. And sometimes there's you know five six boats around you. They're doing the same thing. They're seeing you know a couple hundred baits out there. Like they kind of stop eating them. You show them something different and. It works. And what I've learned with the marlin fishing, you catch big tunas doing it too. And I, I've kind of done my own little thing. I, I change some stuff up, lighter tackle and whatnot, and you get more tuna bites out of it. And 
I actually I hooked a big tuna doing that the other day, and he got makoed. Really? Yeah, we followed him for about thirty minutes. I mean, it was a it was a good fish, but was the mako big? I never saw the mako. The mako ate another guy's fish that day, and he saw him. And then my fish. I mean, I you ha- can kind of tell the teeth on those things. Yeah. We were up and down on the fish for a while, you know, back and forth type battle. Had him in the rod order, big fifty wide, and uh. All of a sudden, he, you know, slack lined it, started running up. We caught up to him, got tight on him again, and then he saw that classic tap, 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 and then gone. Clean, yeah. clean cut, cut the 130 pound. I mean, we didn't have enough pressure to pop that fish off. He got eaten. Right. <laughs> wow, man. Well, any other uh, things or questions? Anything you want to talk about, man? Well, Take on conservation. <laughs> well, yeah, what's your plan down here, man? You've been down here for how long now? Oh, man. Um, I've been down here since 2015. You know, I've done, I've done, started on Voodoo for a year, and then I did with Brand for four and a half years or so, which was, a, like, entertaining their clients. And uh, then I did the, in, I, I moved to do an inshore with Mexican Gulf. And, um, man, you know, I, it, I've definitely sunk my teeth here <laughs> in yeah, Venice sure. for sure. Dude, I've, I, got, I've got, you know, I've built up a lot of clientele. Yeah, and, man, uh, you stay booked up probably more than anyone else <laughs> down here. You, I, you've been working hard, man. Yeah, I definitely do. And, you know, I I, I take a lot of pride in, in making sure that all my clients uh, leave as happy as possible. And, uh, you know, I don't. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm married now. I I'm, I do have plans to have kids, but I, honestly, I don't think I'll ever get away from guiding in Venice at least some part of the year. Right now, you know, it's like year. I'm pretty much year round, but uh, I can see myself taking off. You know, months in a couple months in the summer or something like that. But I don't know, man. I don't. I don't see myself ever. You know, one thing that I really hope to get into in the future, um, and you know. People always talk about, you know, come to Venice for a trip of a lifetime. You know what right. I mean? And I want to eventually try. Like, I, I did a lot of, like, traveling and whenever I was fishing. Like, I would do, like, you know, I I did uh, a trip to I, – I did a lot of backpacking trips, a lot of solo trips. And, and one of the trips, I kind of had it in my mind that I wanted to take people to these places and, like, do that. So I think in the future, I, I want to start trying to go. I, I haven't figured out where it's going to be, but, I mean, I'm, I'm 27 years old now. So, like, I, I have a lifetime of guiding, but I want to try and go, you know, one of the places I really want to go try and learn how to fish is, like, Fiji, like in the South Pacific. Yeah, and, awesome. like, you know, like, that's a 12-hour plane ride away from the United States. Yeah. So, like, you know, you go to, like, the Bahamas or you go to Costa Rica. It's very Americanized, and, like, they know how to take care of Americans and, and all that kind of stuff. But, like, going to, like, the South Pacific into, like, a very remote island and bringing, like, some of the most badass tackle and gear and lures and everything and then trying to target, like, some very, very specific fish for a true once-in-a-lifetime trip. Right. Like, a trip that somebody's going to drop a lot of money on and they're going to be in the best hands and, like, I'm going to know what I'm, you know, what I'm doing. Um that that's something that interests me no doubt you know what i mean like trying to find like these key destinations to try and provide people with like once in a lifetime experiences would be like i don't know that would be like a really 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 cool thing to do um 
I don't know exactly how to do that <laughs> with like the situation like as far as like uh you know I th I think ideally what I would like to do is to go to one place like pick like a month where it's really good and go to it like for a month every year and get to know the locals and get to like develop a plan and then start taking people um yeah yeah something like that man but yeah, I man. definitely plan on being a guide for yeah, a long yeah, time yeah for sure me yeah. too so I had a deckhand that came down here for like three months and fished with me. And he's from uh, Rhode Island. And he's a commercial fisherman over there for big eye tuna and yellowfin. And he was telling me, like, you know, they have a completely different fishery out there for their tunas. They don't fish around rigs. They fish temperature breaks and whatnot. They'll go troll for like four days. And he's like, dude, a good trip. We'll come back in with 80 yellowfin. They're all, you know, they're not big ones. 30 to 50 pounders and like three or four big eye i don't think if i was out here for three days fishing just because the way we fish with live bait why not yeah. we, we could ever do that but it makes me think like there's so many different ways to fish down here that we just don't do and going to new places you learn new things like that and you kind of take a little yeah. bit of that back home with you and do something different man it is true but i will tell you like from a lot of the places that i've been you, you'll start to realize how how much fishing innovation has come from the states like a lot of places kind of like look to us to be like you know how are they doing it and oh, it yeah. is a lot of that i mean there is definitely things you can take from like any fisherman like around the world but like as far as like innovation and like the amount of shots that we have here in Venice and like the boats, like have you ever have you ever been fishing like out of the country like anywhere far away? Not not really, man. To be honest, with you, you need to, man. Go go check it out because it'll like really like it's amazing to me even like the amount of like ice makers we have on our docks. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying? Like yeah, sure. a lot of places like in Fiji, like if you catch tunas, they don't even have ice on the boat. You know what I mean? You catch like two tunas, you go back, you go in. home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like no shit. And I mean, a lot of times they're not that far, you know right. what I mean? Like they're yeah, really my close. My uncle to just went to uh, Kona, Hawaii. Yeah. He texted me. He's like, "It's uh, six a.m. and we're doubled up on blue marlins right now." <laughs> yeah. And I had like eight yeah, and those guys. Pounds. I mean, they'll they'll coming out the inlet. They put out the spread. He said they were like three miles offshore in six thousand feet of water. Yeah, and yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. It's it's, it's different depending on uh, yeah where you're at in the world for sure. When I was in St. Martin, man, that was like one thing. I was like, man, I was looking at my Navionics on my phone. I was like, there's some badass sword fishing spots out here. I want to go do that. Mm -hmm. And then I talked to my buddy like two weeks ago, and he's like, one of the captains down here went and fished down there, and they caught like a 400-pound sword. <laughs> I'm like, man, I, I know I should have gone out there. Yeah, it is crazy to think about all the stuff that's not explored too, yeah, especially 100%. with like – not explored with the machines that we have now, you know, Man. the Freemans and the I mean what kind of boat are you running? Thirty seven Freeman. You're running a thirty seven Freeman and I mean boat's badass. Yeah, huh? man. <laughs> I mean it makes all the difference in the world having a good boat. Definitely does. You got a good boat, I'm sure you know all about it. I've been on the Freemans, man. They're badass. Yeah. Man, so uh finishing up real quick, I know we we kept you on a little longer than everybody else, but um what's your uh, take on conservation, man? Like uh what do you think I mean, you've seen, you know, Louisiana, you know, the spirit around here. Like, what do you think we can do to make it better? Man, one of, so, like, one of the things I think that our f inshore fishery struggles with is, like, 
honestly some of the pokey boots. Yeah. I mean, if if you've and the shrimp boots, you've jumped on the back of a shrimp boat before during shrimp boat season for mm-hmm. the tunas. Have you seen how many croakers they kill? Oh yeah. When I was a little kid, we used to go out to the rigs and we'd catch bull croakers <laughs> and keep them to eat them. Yeah. You, you don't see those anymore. That's that's something like I think should be maybe a little more regulated. I I don't really know too much about it, but it's just a thought I have. Yeah, it is crazy to see the amount of waste that some of these, like, net boats, like, between trawlers and pursainers, like, the amount of bycatch. But, you know, like, I have another theory about that as to if they've been trawling and pogie fishing for 60-plus years, like, and and then you just stop all of a sudden, you know what I mean? The environment, I think, has a way of knowing in a certain way of how to replenish itself so that the species prolificates. Yeah, for sure. And so the rate at which you take it and it knows knows how to, you know, and bi- marine biologists are studying that stuff too. But I always ask myself that. What if we just stop shrimping tomorrow or if we stop pogie fishing tomorrow? Like one boat that works for Omega Protein, I know of like a couple years ago caught 104 million pounds of pogies in one season. So oh there's God. 13 boats in that fleet. Granted, that was the number one boat. Right, okay. Right. So some of them are catching whatever, 50, 60, 70 million pounds a year. But you got all these boats taking that much. What happens if we just stop? Uh, what like what happens is like does it get better I, I think you would see massive fish kills honestly in some ways and I, and honestly we might be seeing that from bull reds now because bull reds have been getting like there's a lot of them out there <laughs> there is well let me ask you this what about with all these new breaks and diversions in the river with a trout fishery let's go to a bunch of these oysteries i think have. that messes up things more than Cause, anything because if you look at the east side of the river we don't catch the trout like we used to whenever you start messing with the habitat Right. Like, yeah. So, like, Point Lahash, I grew up fishing down there, and it was, you know, we'd catch all these trout down there, and now they have the Mardi Gras cut, and all these oyster beds are covered with, you know, silt. We're catching bass where we used to catch trout. And you go west to Grand Island, you know, it's how it used to be over here. Now, you still catch them. They're still here, but, you know, they say the trout coming into the fresh water, they drop their eggs, and they sink instead of float, and they die. Yeah. I've seen a little bit of change, but I mean, it still seems like we still have a pretty healthy fishery. Just ask Brandon Carter. <laughs> I saw what he brought in today, and he had a boatload of trout. He had a bunch of trout, huh? He's got to know what to look for, man. That's yeah. true. Yeah, for sure. There's guys that, you know, like, like Brandon Carter, like you said, like amazing fishermen at what he does as far as speckled trout goes. But, like, those guys that are really good at those things what they do they go after he goes after speckled trout every day the guys that are really good at tarpon fishing that is what and i and i've experienced that too because people tell me oh you catch a lot of triple tail well i fish for them a lot too so like the days that you come back with a bunch of trout and i come back with nothing i was probably but you don't notice those days (laughs) when you know someone comes back in with with not that much you know the days when they do come in with those fish Yeah, yeah for sure and i mean that's just fishing man it is it is definitely fishing well alex man that was a great conversation yeah, man. man i appreciate for sure. it man. thank you hope you enjoyed the the vodka yellowfin vodka oh man it's been get great. you a bottle of that <laughs> yeah for sure cool thank Thanks, you Polly. what's up kevin hey what's going on there Polly d oh you know just we just finished up this whole podcast and uh it was really cool having a bunch of 
captains and mates and all this different that was awesome that was really cool like they don't have a voice (laughs) on the radio and you know they're they're always back there with the customers but they don't have i can't say they don't have a lot of say so what goes on on the boat but they don't have the glory as a captain would have right they don't have well (laughs) or going to fix shit at (laughs) midnight (laughs) make the boat ready yeah but uh no, we got a bunch of cool guys, you know, guys coming up, and we'll keep the legacy going. What do you? I mean, like, what do you? What do you think about that? I mean, like, you know, whenever you started doing this, there wasn't this many guys at you know twenty four to you know twenty two to twenty seven years old that are you know now captains. You know, like, what do you think about all these guys coming up and like how many people are doing it now? I mean, it's crazy, huh? You got to earn your shot. Yeah. Know? Always talk about left seat and right seat. Left seat being captain, right seat being, being deckhand. deckhand yeah. There's a whole lot of pressure when you go from right seat to left seat. Yeah. You know, there's a bunch of guys that do very well with the transition. There's a whole bunch of guys that don't. Yeah. You know, and. There's a but, point where you either sink or swim, right? <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but, uh. No, got a bunch of guys coming up who kind of get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, they understand as far as the fishery. Um, and what they're learning right now is what we didn't know. And it took me a while to figure it out. Like, I was still kind of stuck in the old guys, mm-hmm. you know, ways. And now it's a completely different style of fishing than we did before you know and it's 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 evolved right (laughs) it is (laughs) yeah it has and it's all good um but it'll be all right (laughs) it'll be all right that's all i'm gonna say you know one of the things uh i don't know if if we'll if we'll keep this in here but one of the things that you know, I always say we like we try to get to selling the experience more, right? Instead of trying to sell the boxes of fish, and like we've talked about this before on the on the podcast, yeah. and a lot of the guys always talk about like taking what you need, and like you know we talked about this like a lot on this podcast. Yeah. But whenever you know we catch, you know, if you're going and you're you're going to catch fish to take home and you go and you catch a limit and the day's over it's hard to sell an experience whenever you go home when you catch your limit and that's something i kind of learned with the inshore you get people that want to catch and release fish the day never really ends <laughs> well you're right it the sat- there never hits a point to where everybody's satisfied you know what i mean but it's it's their trip right, right? they're paying you for the trip right and give them what they want if they want to sit there and catch and release tunas all day yeah i'm good with it yeah i got no issues at all right on the flip side if i'm reeling in your last two fish because you're tired yeah no i'm taking my little butt to the to the house (laughs) if you can't do it and i understand it look it especially offshore it's a different set of muscles you you know you use yeah and not everybody like go to the gym, yeah, you know, five days a week, and you get your butt kicked. It yeah. is what it is. Hundred percent, hundred percent. 
Man, so um, you got um, you got Kyle working with you, huh? Yeah, old Kyle. Yeah, he's been. I mean, you guys have worked together for a while, and now back together again. And I mean, he's he's a work. I mean, he is a worker, huh? He does not stop working. He really like, does. Period. Man. He is. He loves working on the boat after we get in. Uh, that's got to be so nice. To, that is uh, so awesome. I'm that, not going to lie. As a captain. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He wants to go change a bilge pump. He wants to go change a live well pump. He he loves it. Like He really does love that side of it, and he's really good at it. Yeah. And so, yeah, Colin and I fish really well together. Yeah, I've been I've been liking to see that, man. It's It's pretty cool to see, like, how, you know, those relationships kind of grow, you grow experiences, and then, like, like you said, like they they're like get better, they get a lot worse, and I, th- I feel like you and Kyle are, are making it making it happen, man. That yeah, really good. And he he's a great fisherman, like yeah, period, <laughs> no doubt about it. Inshore, offshore, tarpon, whatever. He just he is probably one of the more well-rounded captains. You know, there's always those captains that are good at specific things, yes. and then they got the well-rounded ones. And he's you know he's him it. like Willie B. I mean, they they've got some that are very well-rounded. But he's really good. Yeah. That's cool, man. And that's what, I mean, that's what people want coming to fish with Kevin Beach. I mean, they want you to have the best badass mate there is. Right? Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> people just show up on the boat. You just want to, you know, see my good looks and charming personality. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's it's the experience. It really, honest God, is. Yeah. It's like from, from when they get down here where they stay to going fishing and it's not about i've learned this and it's it's taken a while um it's not about you know i need i need 27 tunas dead like (laughs) we can do it i'm not worried about that side of it but it's about having fun yeah guys want to you're in a 42 foot freeman it's eight foot we can go out there right yeah hell no it's just (laughs) not fun yeah. When it's rough, it's rough. Yeah. I don't care what you're in. If you're in a, you know, seventy foot Viking, it's still not all that cool. Yeah, it's definitely not. <laughs> no, it's not at all. It's definitely not. Well, um, what I, I don't want to keep you too long. We're we're down here, guys, in the stratosphere, and this is a camp that you've had for how long? How long has this camp been here? We built it right the year of Katrina. That's okay. the only thing. When everything down here was flooded, the only thing above water. That's <laughs> really? why we call it, yeah, honestly. <laughs> we call it the stratosphere. Because we're name. 18 feet up. <laughs> we're way up there, kids. <laughs> no flood insurance needed on this thing. That's <laughs> pretty cool. And it, it, it is cool, like, having a camp like this. It's like you got, like, six bedrooms or I don't know how many are back there, but we all kind of live together and we all have something to talk about at the end of the day so it's <laughs> many of many of many of stories yeah it is cool i appreciate uh letting us stay here and all the, the camaraderie but uh what what is some advice you might want to give to like anybody that's like not any of the ones specifically that we've we've talked to tonight but like anybody that's getting into fishing or like getting into being a captain or mate like what what what, what what's something that you would want to tell them so everyone that gets into this industry right you get into it because you love fishing no we don't fish like we don't fish we hook fish hand it off we we don't do a whole lot of what got you 
hooked on it. Right. Right. We work. This is a, and it's not, look, everyone thinks that charter fishing is glamorous and it's this, that. No. It can be. (laughs) It can be from time to time. Not going to lie about that. But at 10 o'clock when you're changing pumps, when you're doing this, you know, hanging upside down in the bilge, it's not all that cool. Right. But every single day, you know, I still wake up. 24 years of doing this, I wake up and I want to go do it. The good outweighs the bad. But it's a different mindset when you're working, quote unquote, working. Yeah. You're not doing what you thought you were going to do. Yeah. You know, you go out there and you have a couple of cold beers and goof off with your friends and catch a couple of fish. That's not what we do. Yeah. I've learned that it's like changed fishing for me. Like it went from like me enjoying myself, like, you know, hooking that fish to like, you know, putting like showing people to putting them on the fish. And then honestly, my favorite part about the job is all the people you get to meet. Yes. Like you meet like some of the like people that have, you know, started from literally nothing and, you know, we're selling, you know, T-shirts on a street corner to owning a multi-million dollar company. You know, I mean, there's so many of those like American success stories that you like you meet people like that just all the time. And it and it blows my mind that like, you know, I get to. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, it's cool to see people that, like, all the different types of people, all the different types of businesses and, like, truly passionate people. Like, I met a guy the other day that owned 90 Planet Fitnesses. Like, this wow. just – and he started off as a personal trainer. You know what I mean? Like, Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's – pretty amazing <laughs> and i i'm sure i mean you got people like that no and it it's it is awesome it's yeah. great the people like your customers on the trip can make it or break it yeah you know you can have a great time or you can have not so great of a time yeah i still have fun i yeah. don't care <laughs> i'm just i'm gonna have a good time regardless not gonna bother me. I, I guess that's what it's changed it for me is like try to appreciate I don't know. I guess just try to appreciate like everything that you, that's coming at you. You know what I mean? Whether it's the people or the fish, and just try to highlight those great moments because you're gonna have those. I mean, it's just like life. Yeah, it goes like this. You know, you're gonna have those up, moments. Up down, up down. Yeah. And and charter captains always do. You make a bunch of money and then you go spend a bunch of it and then you want to make it again. <laughs> go do it again. <laughs> over and over again. That's what we do. No, period. No doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, living for the experience, right? <laughs> well, and and as soon as like offshore, you know, I know you're inshore, offshore when tunas come up or a blue moon comes up, something like that. If that doesn't get my blood pumping, I'll be at McDonald's like flipping burgers, <laughs> like period. The amount of hours that we put in, effort, everything. I mean, if it does. You can't do this if you don't love it. Yeah. Like, period. You can yeah. do it for a week or two. 100%. 100%. I even think even the money, if you don't love the fishing. Yeah, no, it's it's not about that. Yeah. Well. I 
That's good to do, especially at a younger as a younger captain. I think it's I think it would be crazy for anybody that's like really young to you know step step into a captain spot and then like you know quit on you know on all those types of things that you hate you yeah. know <laughs> and put those burdens on somebody else you know. Man, I ain't, I ain't gonna lie. Whenever I was, I used to. I, I hate cleaning boat now, honestly. <laughs> but there was a time when I was a deckhand. I used to clean the boat and be like, "Man, that thing looks nice." Listen to music and do the Stop, whole thing. Stop! You look. I got this. This yeah. is all me. This is awesome. <laughs> Right. When it's done, that's yeah, that's when everything is done. <laughs> you stop, you look at it like, yes. Kevin, twenty-seven years. How how much do you love it when that rod goes off? That I, still goes off. <laughs> I, still I still love it. I still love it. I still love it. <laughs> that happened today. Everybody likes the hook set, right? <laughs> I think that's been like the consensus of all the fishermen that I've interviewed for sure. Is watching the bite. Over, over the back or breastplate? Depends on the on the bait and what they're doing. On, on, no, I meant on your gap shot. Depends <laughs> on what comes up. Oh. Just yeah. get them, right? <laughs> Sometimes it is. Like, the guy is just cooked. Can't do anything. I, yeah, I'll, I'll reach out and go stick it. I got a question I wanted to ask you that I could have asked better in our last episode was – what what is it that what do you what is the best qualities in a in a mate and you said you know a mate is you know some is does all the things that you know the other, the captain the yin to your yang or whatever yeah. we said you know but like what is it specifically that you as a captain need in a mate you know because like you have a you have a larger than life personality that I love so much and you know like y you do a lot of the talking and entertaining and all that kind of stuff so like. I don't know what what is it specifically that you need in a mate. I mean, you have to want it, right? Like with any job, I don't care if you're a bartender, a, a plumber, electrician, or a janitor. You have to take pride in what you do and want to be the best. Yeah. Like period. You just want somebody that wants to be the best. Yes. Yeah. And doesn't mind. Look, being the that's best. That's a that's a big thing. Is like wanting to be the best. Like and and the drive and the desire. It's. Our our field right now, it takes a lot of BS, a lot of bullshit. You're going to have late nights, like I said, mosquitoes, like, hammering you. And you got to go ahead, get that pump fixed. Do this, do that. Respool reels. And if you don't have that and you're not going to take that extra step to do it. To be prepared. You're going to suck. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. You don't I mean, want to be embarrassed, right? <laughs> no, never. 
<laughs> but you you have to go that extra mile because if you don't go to that extra mile, everyone else can do the I say the bullshit. Just go through the motions. Yeah. Pay attention. Yeah. Watch what the fish are doing. Watch what the bait's doing. A, B, C, and D. And it's and it's really hard to keep up that motivation to be the best. You know, like it. You always have to like remind yourself or go back to it. No, <laughs> the, the fish will go ahead and give you a little slice of humble pie every once a day. Every Get once in a while, yeah. shit together. <laughs> exactly. It's like oh god. All right. Alrighty. Well, let's wrap this one up. It is late. We got a fish tomorrow. It is 11 o'clock. But uh, thanks everybody for doing it, and thank you, Kev. Got it's it, boss. Been awesome, man.